Californian elegant barbarian. Yeah. There you go. What? Come on. You, with it. you know what? I'm gonna start a Native American timeshare scam. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And handling sound, old blue eyes. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional, engineer for the hard luck show. Oh, that's my shit. Now that's yeah. mine. All right. Yeah, is that yours? Yeah, that's mine right there. That's my shit. Yeah. And the hundred dollar billers. That's my shit. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. No, but you know what? Usually Sean he busts out with a little bit of electro, right? Yeah. And today, a little mob deep. No, that's that me. was it. That, that was, was me. Oh, okay, all right. Sean, yeah. who do you like? What's? Give me your song so people know what you fuck with. Uh, uh you know what? Doctor Jeep, right now. Doctor Jeep. Yeah. Like Jeep, as in a fucking Jeep. Yeah. Doctor spelled out. Oh, spelled out. Yeah. God damn it. Let's see what he's got going on. Doctor Jeep. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Are you ready to hear some new? Sh- yeah. Okay. Our guest is in the green room, right? Mm-hmm. Robert, Robert's in the green room. Robert in the green room. He's going to be coming, coming out. Coming but he, he, Brian's going to be doing a little commentary today with us as well. Yeah, oh, hopefully he can stay awake during the fucking... Here we yeah, go. Here we it's go. It's not fair. Here we go. Okay. As soon as I can get to the fucking... Don't play any like circus music or anything. Is that you, dude? Yeah, you yeah. Play yeah. some sleeping shit. Yeah. <laughs> play something evil. Play something evil. That's all right. That doesn't piss me off. All right. Cool. Yeah. Which, which one's that? Uh, I that. Snake Eyes. Right? All right. Yeah, that's not bad. That, But some of his other shit, that's pretty good, actually. That's not bad. Right. Yeah. So, listeners out there. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's get um, Brian's theme song. Okay. Yeah, Brian. I would like a song. <laughs> That's perfect, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. Love it. Oh, that's excellent. That's it. Bro. So out of line. I'm leaving. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> hey, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. We get back over here. So, as I said, listeners, 
As I rub your back. <laughs> and lower the lights. Somebody needs a bottle. Yeah. Somebody needs Let a titty. Let me go I'll, warm the bottle. I know Brian needs a titty. Right? Yeah, Brian needs that. I definitely need a couple of titties. Yeah. Like some incense. <laughs> Be a little bit. So we are in San Francisco. We are on day two of an exclusive. On the San Francisco lockdown. That's right. Yeah. Right? We've yep. been up in the San Francisco shoe, the hard luck shoe. We haven't left this room. You haven't left at all? Not at all, dude. We're doing push-ups. We made our water bags. We've been doing the whole thing up in this place. We got a hot plate, dude. We got a hot plate. I'm doing Rutina at 6 a.m. this morning. Water bags? In in 19 minutes, the Pruno's going to be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Go burp it. We got to go burp it real quick. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we've been getting it done up here day two. Exclusive. uh, The Lifer's Talk up in San Francisco, California. Yeah, Lifer's Um, Talk. And we are, uh, we're here today. We have a guest on. Well, we we have Brian, who Brian's kind of been helping to uh, produce. Okay. So we, doing a lot of sleep. <laughs> we recorded this But when night. he's wide awake, he's actually helping us uh, put the show together. Right. Yes. No, okay. So Brian is the life of Wrangler. Yes, he is. Right. So Brian, I don't know how Brian, Brian Stevens, episode seven, legend, episode seven. hard luck show legend right here. Yes, sir. Told yeah. a story about a guy. He kept his mouth shut the whole time. Fucking Brian did a huge fucking bid, came out, got nothing for it. Nothing. Right. We're planning a, a book of some kind, Diamonds Are Forever, Diamonds Don't Forget. coming out party. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. And remember that story of Brian, if you haven't heard it, that was the story where it was Cinco de Mayo. He's not even Latino, mm-hmm. but it was a hot chick, right? Very she was hot. like, "Why don't you come out to Italian Ellie? chick?" Ooh, and he said, "Okay, I'll come down there." And somehow that turned into what the fuck is that? No Who's idea. calling? Who's calling the room? the room? Oh, we got a late oh, checkout. We oh. Answer the phone. Make sure your phones are turned down. I forgot about that. Ask him. Hello. For, ask him for a late checkout. Hi, ladies I and gentlemen. Know if we could get a late checkout. <laughs> How much is a check up? <laughs> <laughs> the latest you can do is 11. Then we got to do two. Oh, we need a little more time than that. This is how it's done, people. Let's. Uh, Let's it work. Um, no. no okay. We can't leave. We're sleeping. Uh, I'm going I'm to come down there right now. I'll be, I'll be right down. He's going to handle some shit. What did they say? Oh, unfortunately, 11 is the latest. We're overbooked. We need the room. So I'm going to have to go down there and talk to them. Is that what they're saying? Uh, man, that's fucked up. Well, there ain't know, even we nothing just, going on in the city. What? We, uh, we're going to have to... Uh, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to tell them... I'm going to go down there and tell them something. <laughs> I'm gonna go tell down them you got somebody them. sleeping up here. You can't wake him up. No, tell them we got fucking oh, about three them. different people that they wouldn't want to disappoint right about now. That's yeah, right. bro. We're, we're not They want some bad publicity? Trust me, they can rearrange those fucking hours. Sure they can. Yes, they can, bro. They always can, and they're going to right now. All right. <clears throat> well, let's well, pick up. Let's stay here again. Let's pick up with, uh, yeah. So everybody, in case you were wondering, right, we're at the Wyndham Canterbury. Yes. Which, uh, the room is nice, but everything else is a piece of shit. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a weird three spot. Hours. That's a weird spot. Because they're constantly trying to scam you into doing... Uh, doing things you don't want to do. Right. So, like, for instance, <clears throat> we went there. They got these timeshares. It's like Vegas came here. Right. They, so, when you walk in... I and it, right at home. 
Right, <laughs> right, because you're from Nevada. So right, you were in Vegas in the the, the Cinco de Mile story, and then uh, that's where you came from. That's where she was calling you to come from. So Brian's from Vegas, so he understands very well this timeshare scam shit. Mm-hmm. So we came here, we're in there, and they don't tell you. Like we didn't really know. We there was two front desks. Yeah. Right. One you check no, I, into, and one they fucking they pitch you on. And we're so dumb. We're so crazy that when we walked in that night and the lady was so happy to talk to us, Mm -hmm. like I've been to a million hotels. Never once has the lady yelled from behind the thing. Like, Hey, Hey, come over. You want a free breakfast? Come over here. Come here. Let me talk to you for a second. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole pitch stand. It's like right where the concierge should be. They make you think. It makes you think that you're talking to the concierge. Like you got some kind of clout or something. Ooh, they want to really take you. Yeah. So we go over there and the next thing you know, you're embroiled in a negotiation after a long trip about free breakfast. But all you have to do is sit through a 90 minute spiel. Yeah, yeah, and we need your credit card again. (laughs) That's why they have a couple pretty girls. Pretty girls. Well, pretty girls are still full of shit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's our job to get to the bottom of that, (laughs) right? Right. So, so anyway, but to make the long story short, here we are at the Wyndham, and now they're trying to put the big squeeze on us. They're probably going to say, "Yeah, you can have a late checkout, but we got a forty-five minute presentation." Yeah, (laughs) if you don't mind sitting in. So you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have to go down there and I'm gonna have to let them know something. So why don't we? Do you want us to just carry on and you just come back? Just... Uh, yeah, I want you to give me carry on. Give me uh, ten minutes and I'll be right back. All right, cool. Okay. All, right. All right, listen, this is real time, so we're gonna carry on. You're gonna watch and see what happens. This is a cliffhanger, actually. Yeah. Steve's Stay gonna tuned. go down. He's gonna. He's got a. He's got his arms out. He's got a tight T. He's gonna oh. scare the shit out yeah, of these few bumpers. Me and I've been around killers. Right. Right. <laughs> um, That's the smile, man. This fucking smile is scary. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Take off your shirt before you go down there. Yeah. Thank God he went to the weight room yesterday. <laughs> oh, he just slammed the door. He's serious. Yeah, he's not fucking around. Ain't playing. All right, so Brian, though, so Brian, how are you connected to all the different lifers that we talk to and all that other stuff? How did, how is it that you're the connect? Well, I happen to live in San Francisco, where they brought me and dumped me when I got out in 2016. Yeah. So we all went through the same program, which is Walden House, right? Which okay. is a six month uh, transitional living house program, and they. Most lifers that got out aren't, aren't using drugs, but they brought us here, right. put us in these programs, and that's how I met a lot of these guys. Okay, and then let me ask you, Brian. So you're talking to different life. Every lifer you brought in here looks scared. Looks scared? Yeah, right? I mean, so you've brought Robert. Let me describe Robert. Robert's a gigantic motherfucker. scary. No, 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 no. Scared. 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 Robert came in here. He's a gigantic dude. I mean, <laughs> huge. That. Guy looks like he could fucking just, like, a snack to him is like a quarter <laughs> quarter of a beef, like the full quarter, right? Like, he goes down to the, this morning before we got you know, here. Guy looks like when you go down to fucking, you go into one of these, uh, like, he has to go to the butcher and have him bring out from the refrigerator, like, the side of beef for him to eat. Yeah, I'll take that. Right? He's huge. Huge white dude, but for whatever reason, he's got a tiny little flavor saver down at the end of his I don't know what that's about, right? Man, but all gross. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of that shit got scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, Brian, why don't you introduce us to Robert? What's the? What are his stats? What's his story? The basic. Don't tell. He's going to tell his. Well, he's going to tell you a story. But Robert basically did a life sentence, uh, twenty plus years. Got out. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's just start right there because we got a lot of people that listen there. Like, yeah, I thought he did a life sentence. What the fuck is he doing out? How does that happen? Well, we're on we're on a really tight rope out here in, in San Francisco because they started letting lifers out just a few years ago before we weren't getting out. Got it. So Robert got out of what three years, four years ago? Yeah, it was uh, twenty fifteen. I got found suitable, and then all of a sudden found himself embroiled in some some bullshit. And got caught up and sent back to prison for three years. Uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Which he can tell you about. Okay, we'll get to we'll that. Get so, to that. The, the teaser on this one is this guy did a gang of time, right. tasted freedom, then yeah. had to go back for a little and bit. Then had to go back. Wasn't sure if he's ever getting out again. Fuck, dude. Ah. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. So, well, oh, that's not a scary prospect. And now, <clears throat> that's very scary. But so, the reason why I'm bringing all that up is because so we have dudes in here who've faced some shit. Right. And survived. Sure. Made it through. Sure. Right? Didn't crumple up like a no. bitch and die. No, right. your life was a unique group. Because why? It's just because they're just a new kind of people that that have done so much time and they've done dealt with so much bullshit that it, I don't know. With me, it just made me, it, it just made me, I don't know, I'm a much harder person, but it just made me uh, respect my liberty a lot. And once I got it back, and you know, I went back to jail twice. Right. Being stupid, not breaking the law. I just got caught up. Wait, what happened? Wait, wait, wait. So first of all, go to episode seven. You listen to Brian, Robert. I don't even know if you know these stories, but (laughs) Brian kind of on an accident to a certain extent. Pretty much. Right. Wound up doing a gang. How much time did you do? I did 35 years. Right, right. And then he was a gentleman. He came out. He told this whole story about how the first woman and he wasn't trying to, he wasn't growing crazy. He just wanted a nice girlfriend. And now you're telling us that you had to go back to the can a couple times. Twice. So so what so what happened? <laughs> well, see, when I when I was down there before, I'd already been back and back out. Got I, it. I spent six days the first time. What did you do? Violation and got out. Let me go. They dropped my violation. Let me out. And then uh, told hey, dude, me, my, you, you know, do what you're supposed to do and don't be traveling outside the 50 mile range without permission, which is what I was doing. For the, the wait, wait, what did you get in trouble for six days that you had to go back to the camp for six days? Traveling outside, we're, we're, we have a 50 mile range that we're allowed to. That's the far we're allowed to go without permission. Without, Got it. Without reporting how, to our parole officers. How did they know that you went out the range? Well, my my girl happened to be on parole, and I used to go down and see her every week. But her every weekend, her parole officer knew that I used to come down and see her. Ah. Uh. He and turned you he in? didn't care. No, he didn't oh, care yeah. because I had protect. I had pulled her out of a really bad situation where her boyfriend was beaten. Was beaten? What was that? <laughs> Someone at the door? <laughs> no, that was the. Uh, that was the. That was no. That was the. That was the. The award. You just won the award. <laughs> Not that one. I, I didn't get the last one. They promised me. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. So uh, I had pulled her out of a really bad situation from the, her. For her, her boyfriend was beating her up, mm-hmm. and we ended up hooking up after you know we we got together and and we stayed together for about a year. Now, okay, so okay, so then what happened? So, uh, well, how did you get caught? So what happened is I went, I was going to see her one weekend, and she had to fill out a pass every week. I never did. We got two hours and fifteen minutes. Two hours and fifteen minutes. Well, that's something. All right, see that? So they call that the, they call that the lucky with one stone. That's yeah, the so go ahead. Last other thing is one more thing. What? Within the next hour and ten minutes, by twelve o'clock, before twelve o'clock, we have to pull that car out. Got it. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So, uh, so what happened was uh, I was going down to see her one weekend, 
she had filled out her travel pass to get to go to go see me. We we spent the weekend together every weekend, and in the, before that, right before that happened, they changed parole officers on her. Okay. So her parole officer looked at her past and said, well, who is your boyfriend? So that's how I got caught. Okay. So let me ask you a quick question. If you've done a gang of time and they say you're going back for, did you think you were only going back for six days? Or how- I didn't know. It's my first time violation. I thought I was going back. Dude, so what goes through your mind at that point? I was fucking scared to death, man. I, was thought, I thought it got thrown all away. I thought, you're a fucking idiot. Man. You, throw, you, you finally, you're 35 years, you got out, they gave you a taste of freedom, now you gave it back. Okay, so great. Uh, but you make it through six days. I made it through six days. And, and, and by then, you must have learned your lesson. Oh, yeah, they got my attention. Well, at least I thought, well, at least they had it for that time. Uh, <laughs> they, Wait, they, did you go back? I went back again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you learned this lesson, all right. Yeah. Well, let me, there's Look a at little... Robert shaking his head like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a story to this. There's a backstory to this. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I, I end up, a couple years pass. I'm, I have a new relationship I'm involved in. It's always about a relationship it, with yes, you. It is. It, it, is, it, it, it is. is. Actually, is because I actually heard you guys arguing last night about whether or not he was going to text some woman back again, and he was yeah, like, oh, "I'm not texting yeah, her back again." Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. That's her. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was telling me, "I know you. You're not going to be texting her because she's she's still texting you." This is what I heard. I heard, bro, bro. This, I'm trying to sleep. I'm in there wrapped yeah, up next to on, next it. to Sean fart, oh, I, I fart man. To You're spooning with Sean. No, dude, Sean's mm. farting like it's and it's those sad low farts. It's like. Yeah. And it just yeah. reeking, dude. Yeah, terrible. I'm in there trying to sleep, right? And then I hear, and then I hear Steve. First of all, Steve can't find a remote, so it right. sounds yeah. like a guy's taking apart a car out yeah. here. He's like, God damn. <laughs> yo, bro, where's that remote? I can't find that fucking remote. It was right here. It was right here. Who would take a remote? I don't understand. And then, and then every so often I hear, see, 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 this, this is her. That's the thing. And then Steve's like, <laughs> she's like, bro, what are you doing texting her? Oh. And then I'm not texting her. I'm not. Uh, and then Steve would laugh. He did that no in prison laugh. He's like, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not texting her, man. I'm the, she's texting me. And what are you doing reading them, bro? Why are you reading them? Te- you're reading them though, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's what he was doing. Hey, did you text her back? No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not text her back. <laughs> Supposedly, she texts him every day. He's a sc- I say to him, there ain't no way well, she's she, still texting you every day if you're not responding. I right. I you have she, to respond for well, somebody to keep on texting. Well, let's see. Oh, oh, let's see. Well, let's see. Oh, he didn't respond yesterday, right? Let's see. No, I didn't respond. Dude, we know you can delete texts. No, and the farther down that their name goes, that's that's how you haven't been talking to him. All of a sudden, (laughs) now all of a sudden, he knows cellular technology. Yesterday, he couldn't. texted me today. Yesterday, Brian couldn't order a lift, but today, he's like, now listen, (laughs) let me explain. All of a sudden, he's Johnny Cochran. (laughs) Yeah. Let me explain to you how it works. Anyway, so we listen to that. Yeah, Brian's got a. He's bad, got a woman thing, right? I don't even want to put that out there, yeah. man. He's just had some challenges. I've had some challenges in those in those departments. Well, it's like this. I like I like women from the other side of the fence. What? Uh, it, what? Meaning women that like, are like lesbian women? No, no, I can't stand <laughs> lesbian women. <laughs> I actually don't like women that are bisexual because it ruins relationships and it has ruined a couple of mine. I love when he gets conservative. Because <laughs> yeah. then you forget. I don't mind if I'm you just forget that. He's like, listen, let me explain something to you. I only like heterosexual women, and then when it comes. 
that's yeah. true. Um, hold on, here's a uh, window. I'm gonna jump out this fucking twenty story window. <laughs> <laughs> it was twenty feet. <laughs> twenty feet to lose a foot. Hey, if anybody wants to know, bro, I don't, how did you fall out of that window, Brian? I didn't fall out. I jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get one thing straight. I didn't fall. I jumped out. Right. I got perfect What's balance. What's the matter with this? intentionally. Right. It didn't look that high. <laughs> I was high. I didn't look that high. Oh, okay, I get it. I got That's it. the problem. You had your high goggles yeah, on. I was, you were like, I had been, been getting high. That was the best way to go out instead of my front door, which was. was it didn't make any kind of sense yeah. at all. It was just too you far to go out the front door. Yeah. You were trying to escape somebody? Or? No, I wish I could tell. I wish I was running from the cops and all. No. <laughs> I wasn't. And what's just funny though, because after he told me that story, like every so often I'd see Brian in this room, like walk over by the, the window, window and be yeah. like, hey, it's not that far out from Get the fuck away from that. Yeah. His foot isn't even healed up. He's already trying to jump another tree. I, know. I was like, there's been a lot of stories about windows and people falling out windows. Yeah. And being I have another friend that got pushed out the window. Yeah, told I told you about crazy. it. What? Yeah. Who got? Yeah. Someone got a pushed. Of, a lot of window. A lot of people going out, out windows in San Francisco. Four stories. Man. He that lived. Is, he's right. not in great shape. Fuck away from him. Yeah, bro. I'm getting nervous sitting by the window. He got pushed out of his window by his roommate because his roommate owed him money. So, Man, that's a they, and you ain't gonna get your money back like that. No, he's gonna get life without probably because uh, they've charged him with several crimes and he's facing a few life sentences right now. Damn. And then okay, so look, this is the world that we're. This is our off hours. This is just the world we're dealing with in our off hours, right? We haven't right. even interviewed Robert yet, yep. so we're sitting there and we're like, who? Exactly. <laughs> and then and then and then the crazy part is is then then Brian starts showing us these pictures. And I thought honestly, I thought what he was sharing with me, because we're in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And what what bread is Sean, what bread is San Francisco famous for? Sourdough, yes, right? A very crusty, very brown, lots of big bubbles on it. Yeah. So uh, yesterday he showed me these pictures, and I'm like, "Oh you my!" Think it's the clam chowder bowl I, in, the, in the sourdough soup. I thought he was, he was promoting it. I'm right. like, "Oh, where can we get that?" Fisherman's right. Wharf. He's like, "No, that's my foot." <laughs> I was showing the before and the. Before. I need a snapshot of that. So every time I feel like my stomach rumbling, I just look at that thing uh, and it'll yeah. pass right over the that, hunger. This thing will keep you lean. Well, yeah. Are you, you kidding? Like you want to jump out a window? Yeah, one of the two. It's crazy. It, it looks like a deep fried yeah. Russian woman's thigh. It's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a yeah, little bit. No, it looks like a it looks like a giant deep fried clam. It's just, <laughs> exactly what it looks like. It's like, man, put the sock back on, yeah, bro. It's got like a big old like. You know when they cut somebody's throat open, you yeah. get a Kool-Aid smile? It looks yeah, like don't a jump out Kool-Aid windows. smile. Yeah. yeah, on the side yeah. Of that thing. Use the door, bro. Yeah, I will from now on. Well, door. I can't even hardly walk. I can't right. jump for sure. All right. So, so okay, we're catching up. And then, even with all that, though, you want to know something I commend you, bro. Right. the last time that I saw you, you were putting on some weight. Yeah. And through this process where you're not able to get up and, and, and do cardio and run around and all that, you've been you've been able to lose some weight. And I know that gym. comes from eating healthy and you were getting in the gym. Yeah. I was in the gym, yeah, every yeah. day. So, yeah, man, you're looking great, brother. Dude, I went in, and in, in it's, it's, um, I think the right word is inspiring when you see, you go down to the gym and you see Brian and he's, on the treadmill with that crutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that's funny, but I was on a treadmill actually yeah. a couple times. Yeah. You know, Brian. <laughs> Here we go. Listen, you are a you are a mensch. 
You are an amazing lifer wrangler. <laughs> even with the hurt foot, even with the crutch, he's managed to bring in some amazing guests. Uh, yes, right? yeah. that's true. He's a real contribution to America. Right. You have graduated, <laughs> my friend. You've gone from freshman class to the sophomore class on the Hard Luck that's Show. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit confused, O'Brien. Because you were in the gym at Walden House. Yes. And the foot thing had already happened. You're right. So then what? What actually went backwards? Was it the surgery? No, no. Oh, you mean as far as what? The foot. No, the surgery. This is the surgery. This is the aspect of the This is from the surgery. surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, and what was going on when you were working out at, when you were... Well, s- the problem, it, I, if I didn't have the surgery, I would have a permanent limp and permanent pain. So this is an attempt to stop the limp and take the pain away. Okay. All right. Because I can't do medication. What did they do? You told me they, they did an operation where they well, put... During the operation, they, they just went in to put some pins in. And rebuild the, to fuse some bones together, rebuild the ankle, not rebuild the ankle, but uh, put a couple pins in and uh, refuse some bones together. Well, it, during that whole, when I get out of surgery, I'm wondering, why is my knee hurting? Well, there's a big old gash in my knee where you're taking bone out of my knee to rebuild my ankle. You hear that? So he had to and they didn't even graph. tell him. Didn't even tell me. So I had to bone graft at the same time. Jesus Christ. Like, uh, I would think they'd have to tell you, listen, you're well, going to have two incisions. Well, I don't think he could have woke me up and told me. I was, well, was kind of sleeping uh, at the time. I mean, kind still of. still seems weird, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just wanted to do whatever he had to do. to. to I mean, I agreed that we were going to go yeah, in and do I, what he had I, if, to do. If, if, they were, if a doctor or a surgeon described to me, because I want to know what's going on. Hey, we're going to go in here. We're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. And that's in there. And then I go, all right, we agree upon it. All right, we go to sleep. You wake up, and you've got other incisions on your body. Fuck, you that don't sound. <laughs> bro, like, what else did you do? Right? Hey, Juman, does that sound crazy to you guys? No, it doesn't sound crazy, but there are situations where it's what they call, like, exigent. Like, like right. if there's an emergency. Estrogen. <laughs> so they needed to infuse well, him with me. double bags of estrogen. Yes. No, yes, no, 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 no. But it also could be, and I mean, I don't want to, I don't want, but it also could be that they did tell Brian in paperwork or something, and he just doesn't quite. Probably did. He fell asleep when they, they were talking. They, they probably. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably sleeping. Yeah, they were probably like, hey, um, <clears throat> so doctor came in, Dr. Lee comes in, he goes, yeah, Brian, um, listen, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Yes, doctor. What? Please tell me. And he's like, well, we're going to be able to fix your foot, but we're not going to be able to. Hello. Enlarge your penis at all. <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, I'm fine. Brian, I'm trying to give you the bad news. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Brian, yeah, wake sorry. up. Where are we? <laughs> all right. So that, at that point, right, that's probably when they told them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably out. when they told them. But yeah, so, but the crazy part is it's like <laughs> they didn't take a bone front. Like, I, 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 why my knee? I don't, that's what I don't understand. But like, there's part, like, what part of your knee is extra? I don't know. I don't think any. Maybe like maybe figured that knee... I'm never I'm never going to be able to play ball again, so right. I don't know. This part. Like what part of your knee is extra? Where they're like, you know what? You don't need that bone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What piece of knee bone and where my cock's that, at? Make gonna, that bigger too. <laughs> we're going to have that conversation for sure about why that. But he did explain to me that the that the the calcaneus, which is the heel. Look at that. That's them chopping up his knee. Yeah, that's exactly what it probably sounded like. Is uh is a, like a porous. It's almost like a sponge. Calcaneus. Like yeah, it's called a calcaneus. Not no other bone in your body. Okay. So maybe that part of your knee is it's calcaneus similar. too. It's calcaneus and, and yeah, that makes sense, man. Because there's some soft parts of your knee. 
Maybe so, it is. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> spongy. Spongy. Okay. <laughs> maybe it was just convenient. I don't know. <laughs> Man. Anyway, so then, and then, so we get that whole story. We get, there's a lot going on with you, Brian. Yeah, there is. He seems like a calm dude on the service, but then you just scratch the service. There's like a whole thing. He's got pussy trouble. He's got a foot <laughs> jumping out windows. He refuses to use doors. He's going to fucking, now he's got crutches. And, and, then, and then you finally, finally, right? You're like, holy shit. You know what? Now I know why he's just got narcolepsy. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah, I'm tired all the yeah, time. Brian's got some issues, but you know he's a good looking guy. Listen, right? and then, <laughs> uh, he is a good. And then we're sitting there, and we're on the couch, and like you know, I'll be like sitting there, and then Sean goes like this. Sean goes, gives me these eyes, like look over there. And then Brian was out, and he was snoring. He was like, <laughs> like at the drop but of like hat. five seconds earlier, he was in a deep conversation. Right, with you. Yeah. right. You yeah. ask him a question, you wait for the answer, and you're. <laughs> Like multiple, that is the answer. Multiple, the answer. <laughs> multiple times. And then even one time, so I was watching the Biggie Smalls investigation, and, and Brian kind of leaned over like he was watching my phone. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he was like, <laughs> and his cell phone fell out, and it fell and hit the ground. When it hit the ground, he woke up, and he looked at me, and he just crossed his arms and tried to play it off and kept watching them. Like, <laughs> like 40-something times, he like dropped my, the phone. I like my grandpa, dude. Mm-hmm. You could hear the phone, because the phone makes a pop sound when it hits the ground. Is that where the cracks came from? Yes, right, man. It was bouncing all over the place. What? What's the reason why uh, that's going on? What's that? Sleeping? <laughs> sleeping at the drop of a hat in a normal social situation? Uh, because, I'm, because of where I live, it's just, I, I don't get much sleep. Why? Plus, plus I have. Plus I have. What's, plus I have. Uh, insom- I have insomnia a lot. I've had Do my you? whole life. Yeah. Insomnia. Yeah, I don't sleep very well. Right. Wow. I don't sleep very long. Wow. Doesn't let anybody else sleep either. He fucking snores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's not true. That's Robert. <laughs> Only if I'm on my, my back. You just tell me to turn over my side, everything goes away. Right. Yeah, he's awake. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, that was the catch up with Brian. I mean, I don't know. Brian, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. good. He's doing good. He's lost weight. He's on the healing. He's got a Brian, nice you coming car. down to LA soon? I am. Okay. He's I coming am. back to the show. Yeah. Right on. I'm coming to live. Live? Hey, you didn't know that? You didn't no. tell him? No, I didn't know. I you didn't tell me. I'll, I'll, okay, I just yeah. did. You're coming to live. What I'm are coming, you doing? I'm going to come hang out with you guys. You're going to come work with us. Yeah. Are you coming to live? Absolutely. Where are you going to stay at? Steve's house. Yeah, we're, we're going to get him a job uh, handling some uh, some, some places kind of like I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. I like mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. I got the background for it. Uh, yeah, of course you do. Of course, but you, you can't be falling asleep on the fucking. Oh, I can't. Well, you have to work that in my contract. That I'm allowed to sleep so many hours a day. <laughs> no, we just get toothpicks for the eyelids. <laughs> That's all we need. So, and we're gonna work on that book. We Diamonds are gonna are work forever. on that. Do we, can, when do we get to say his name? Sometimes during this, you can say it whenever you want. It's the truth, right? It is the truth, and it's a matter of public record. Yeah. Listen, people don't understand this because they're a little fucked up in the head. So I'm gonna explain it to the general public. When you say something at a public level. Even a, like, let's say at about a person, definitely about a celebrity. If it's true, that's the defense to defamation. So somebody could be like, I'm going to sue you because you said negative things and said it was the truth and people believed it. So I'm going to defend. So I'm going to sue you. The defense to that is, yeah, it's the truth. It's not a lie. Defamation has to be a lie. And I can prove it. Right. Exactly. And the reason why you hear people say, I'm going to sue, but the inquirer can still print all those lies is because most likely there's some truth to it. And so if it goes to court, that's all going to come out and be public record anyway. And those people never. That's why John Travolta, when that male masseuse who said he he got got accosted and was making burgers in the room and all that weird (laughs) shit. 
Yeah, he went, out, went away. Why is that? It, it, it's who knows? True. It's because it's probably true. He never sued. He could have sued. He could have said that's totally false. And why wouldn't you sue? And why wouldn't you? Unless it's true. Unless, Unless you don't. It's true. You don't want that shit to open up. So you so, can't say his name. So is in my story, just real quickly, there's uh, it involves there the two celebrities that I that are involved indirectly. Right. As Brooke Shields. Okay. And what? Uh, married to Billy Bob. Thornton for a while. She uh, oh, she was married to Brad Pitt. Yeah, right. Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Have my my one of my co-defendants is a one of the premier uh, uh, jewelry designers in the world. Your co-defendant. My co-defendant. I have two. Right, but it's the other one I won't mention. Got it. But this particular person, Robert Prokop. Pro cop, Robert Pro cop, perfect last First name. First of all, for let me, listen, I'm her. not gonna, I'm not in the criminal enterprise business, but as an attorney, <laughs> I advise you if you're gonna have a co defendant, make sure his last name's not pro cop <laughs> or, yeah. or law or anything. Like that. <laughs> you know, not like yeah, pro cop. You know, happy conviction. <laughs> if his last name is if it's Bob, happy yeah. conviction. Yeah. Don't go there, <laughs> Robert. I'll tell on you. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. that's not, crazy. Not this Robert, of course. <laughs> Robert got mad. He snarled. <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah, so he uh, he's designed he's designed uh, a line of jewelry with these two celebrities. Okay, and I seriously doubt that they know anything uh, that they know about his past and that he right. was involved in a murder. Right, one hundred percent directly involved in a murder. Right, and that he was uh, the weapons were registered in his name. Uh, that he and that's a matter of public record. Absolutely, everything I'm going to say right now is a matter of public record. Boom. So not only and plus he he got the stand testified against me under a grant of immunity yeah. from prosecution for anything that happened that night and it, even when he was on the stand lying, they stopped proceedings, and warned him again about you you have immunity from prosecution for anything that happened that night but not against perjury right so he kept trying to lie his way throughout of all this stuff right so he uh, he brought the weapons there gave it to me at the scene which I ended up using right and. Then he took the gun out of my hand. He had another weapon, which he was running around with in his hand. Right. And he took the guns and tried to pass them off to one of his friends, who I'd been fighting with. And they wanted nothing to do with it, so he threw them in the bushes. Wow. This is where they found them, with his fingerprints and my fingerprints on them, one of them. Wow. And somehow you wound up doing paying I, the price. I paid the price. I, I did the killing, but had the, he not brought that weapon there, none of this would have happened. Right. Would not, I don't carry weapons. How do so you never, bring that weapon that's using the conviction in committance of a crime? And you get no time for it. None. I mean, in today's day, dude, think about this. If you two guys go down to, let's just say, like hypothetically in L.A., mm-hmm. like Los Angeles, right? You go down to fucking Pico and you're going to rob somebody. It's two guys. One guy owns the guns, mm-hmm. right? And he's there in the vicinity, right? Uh, Pro Cop was in the vicinity. He was directly. He was at the scene. Yeah. At the scene, it went together. Right, we went together. We we, we followed him over in his porch. Right, right, right. right. But that's that's together. And so then, so two guys they go together. One guy actually owns the guns and has them registered, and the other guy commits whatever the crime is. He hands him the gun. Is there any chance that the LAPD doesn't arrest both of those dudes? Absolutely. Well, they arrested us, but they only arrested everybody that was at the scene because they wanted to sort it out. They didn't know what was going on. Right, but is there any amount of talking that the guy who owns the guns, that brought the guns to the location that were in his name and all this, is there any way that he's going to talk the LAPD out of charging him? I don't never heard of it. Not until this case. Yeah, well, he did. That's real weird. He did. That's real weird. Robert, what does that sound like to you? Does that sound weird to you? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very All right, listen, this is probably a good a time as any to plug my fucking law firm. Yes. Let's right? do it. Hey, Ovando Bowen LLP. I'll shoot you straight, just like I'm I'm shooting my buddy Brian straight here about defamation, you name it. Get you in and out of contracts, criminal, <laughs> civil, whatever you need, baby. First uh consultation is absolutely free. Oh, you can't beat that. I don't overcharge. I'm not like one of these other outfits that have right. like all this staff that I don't fucking need to impress you and charge you a whole fucking arm and a leg. Come on down. I'll just charge you an arm. And I've been to your office. You have been to my office. Yes, right. right. You were there, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. So uh, you know what? Call me at 949-490-4884 or go to www ovandobowen.com anytime everyone's welcome uh and there we go then what do you think about that i think that's great my wife was kicking my ass all day like for <laughs> the entire week she's like why aren't you promoting our firm why aren't you yeah i don't that's, know man that's the first I don't, time you've done that on there. yeah right that's a little crazy come on there i'll get you an angeline t-shirt that's right what are we gonna call this book diamonds or what Diamonds are forever, or diamonds aren't forever, or <laughs> we should have the listeners. I think maybe write in and come. Maybe they can come up with a title. Hey, anybody who can come up with a fucking title, we'll give you credit and throw you on the fucking book. And and, and uh, Brian will come over and fall asleep at your house. Yeah, <laughs> and keep in mind this is a book about a murder. Right. This and is serious. Go to bed and do it. Didn't do a night yeah. in jail. And didn't. Did did Brian not. does thirty six years. Thirty five. Thirty five. Keeps his mouth shut. As a gentleman. Right. And this dude doesn't even send him a fucking uh, uh, a jar of coffee. And let he's me, a, no. Let me tell you this. Here's another thing. This guy. This guy's extremely rich. Go ahead. Not that he owes me shit other than he owes the truth. He's going to face the truth. Oh, is that. He did nothing for me. He sent me like, I think a thousand, I think a hundred, let's see, maybe a hundred dollars for every year I did. Yeah. And that was like all, like three times. He sent me a little money here, a little money there. And that was it. You know, well, I, I, had to, I had to hustle my whole life in prison. While this guy's out making millions. Well, he's making millions and living a lavish lifestyle. Selling Crazy, diamonds, right? Angelina yeah. Jolie. How do you not take care of me? Caviar yachts. Knowing that, that you're, you're a dirtbag ass brought those weapons there, how do you not take care of me? Yeah. Even, even ask and inquire about how Dude, I'm doing. Dude, you know what? It might even be Scumbag. worth it just to set up a whole thing because now we can go find him and be like, hey. Yep. He lives in Beverly Hills. Yeah, so yep. let's go up Be- there. We're in Beverly Hills? <laughs> knock on his door yep. and just, just to be like, I just want to ask you a question. Well, just to know for all, I wouldn't mind doing that. Because I can't have no contact with him right now. But I can. And I won't, but you can. But I can. And I can. I could ask him to come down to my law office. Yeah, and make sure, yeah, because he's, he's a powerful guy, and he knows some, probably a lot of powerful people, and I'm sure he'd love to cover this up. Well, let me ask him to come but down to But I'm not scared of him or any, whoever he knows. I don't give a shit about you. Know, you know what? Right. I got the title. Stop Pro Cop. Stop, Stop Pro Cop. <laughs> That's a good one. Stop <laughs> Pro Cop. <laughs> a, yeah, and then, and then, the and then slash diamonds aren't forever. That's right, baby. <laughs> diamonds yeah. never forget. Diamonds are very temporary. They're but the hardest just, fucking thing. <laughs> let's do, they say this. I took full responsibility for the killing. I did, I did what I did. Right. And never never shied away from it. The only reason I pled not guilty is because I was advised not to. I don't know how the system worked. So, and had I maybe, if they are, maybe if they would have, I don't know. Maybe I should have pled guilty, but then, you know, you're, you are you understand how it works. No, I, well, we had this conversation with Joseph yesterday, which is, it's honorable to say like, yeah, I did it and I'm guilty. That's true. And then sometimes it is the case. But part of what keeps the state, the police, and the prosecutors right. honest, the only people keeping them honest are the defense attorneys right. who are fucking up their cases to make sure they do shit they're supposed, they're supposed to do. Because to do. it's really true. There's a lot of people who... 
I mean, listen, whole universities have little law schools and their whole pro bono work that they do is just testing the DNA for all these rape cases. And it turns out like a lot, a vast majority of these people, someone did do it, but it wasn't that guy, right, right, but right. he was black or that he was poor white or he was whatever. And they just railroaded his ass and no one gave a shit. And, and I, I've seen a case, here's what's really sick about it, these, these DAs. And you're right. They are. If they'll roll over, you don't. They don't give a fuck if you're guilty or not. Sometimes, right? Because there have been cases where people have have been able to come back. If there's been a new change in, in technology and DNA, mm-hmm. advancements but, in it, right. right? And they can prove their innocence, and they yes. won't let them test the evidence. Yeah, that's crazy. How shit, is that bro. even? How is that I, I don't possible? Un- I don't understand that at all. Right. That Why would you not want to get the truth? They won't even I, I give them another it. trial to no, do it, right? No, right. right. No. They won't even give them a chance. To, they won't even get, let them test the DNA, which would completely exonerate him. Right. How can you live with yourself knowing that's possible? Right. Yeah. There's still an avenue that hasn't been exhausted. Right. Somebody's life. Right. And somebody's spending their no. life in prison. It's yeah, dude. That's, say, you know, that be, that's beyond me shit like that. Right. If you have the technology, if there's an... Uh, why not? If you feel so convinced that he is, yeah. then throw anything at it, Right. Right. Not only but that, not anything. Or what if it's just you take the job seriously, which is I'm trying to do justice. Yeah, I'm looking for justice. Yeah, right, like right, right. If you just stuck on that, you'd be fine. Isn't that the oath they take? Everybody takes. That's what. That's what they claim they want. That's what they claim they want. Check this out. Just a quick, just so you can hear this, right? So the Orange County District Attorney right now, Tony Rakakis, Rakak. Is Rakak ass perfect name? Raw cock ass. His fucking name is Raw cock ass. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you like it, but all my teachers hated it. Oh well. All right. Currently serving his fourth term as the elected prosecutor (laughs) in Orange County. Elected. Uh, Right. Uh, in January 2016, a special committee established by Rakakis himself concluded that there was a failure failure of leadership at the DA's office, which led to repeated problems with the handling of jailhouse informants and helped erode confidence in criminal cases that rely on their testimony. <laughs> so, so what that means is, is that just in 2016, a guy who got reelected, he appointed a special prosecutor for himself because there was some kind of fraud going on with jailhouse informants to put away guys. I find that hard to believe. Right. And then that committee, which he himself set up, found that, yeah, they are actually uh, doing that and that now all these convictions, we can't be too sure of that. That's just in 2016. We're not even talking about Rampart up in L.A. We're not talking about... Oh, that's a good example. So it's ripe. So my point being is, is that... The defense attorney's job, really, right, is to put the state through the paces to make sure that these fucking whatever these are, these fucking jabronis, aren't just not doing their job and just shoving people in. Because the state's corrupt. This, well, and maybe they're just not good at their job and they're lazy and they don't give I a think fuck. That, because the bottom line is, if I if I would have pled not if I would pled not guilty, and and I I don't have an attorney, just myself. They're just gonna, and he, and let's say they, through the whole trial they find out, oh, he's innocent. They're still going to railroad my ass. Right? Well, I mean, I don't know. If they spend enough money on it, they could. A real, a professional. Now, look, I'm not going to say every DA is like that. There are right. some that really want the real proof and whatever. But a real professional person whose real job is to clean up the streets and to fucking set everything straight as soon as the evidence started to point in another direction, they wouldn't just say, fuck it, we're halfway through trial, let's just keep going. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. They would stop and be like, okay, we got the wrong guy, where are we going? Okay. Would they, they all do that, though? Mm. Well, 
I mean, we'd like to think they would all do that, but I'm, I wonder. I find that very interesting. But listen, Brian, we're awaiting your um, arrival in Los Angeles. I know you have a few more months. I have about 18 well, months left on parole, okay. and then I can go where I want. I'm going to pick up these pieces. Keep moving. Definitely going to pick them up. That's me chewing on some. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you don't realize, if you don't know, you can't see what's going on here. He does this every show. He just sits mm-hmm. and eats. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he gets a word in edgewise. <laughs> Dude, there's times I look over at him, he's like eating a bowl of soup. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? He's Where did he get top that? Rama, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> there's a rule. When you get out of prison, you're allowed to eat Top Rama. No longer are you allowed to eat Top Rama. Because this show gets me hungry. <laughs> I can see that. All right, gentlemen. Well, Steve's not a small guy either. He's got to feed those muscles. All That's right. True. So, we have, we have a guest, don't we? We don't do. We, we do. <laughs> We have a guest that we had come in that's been on quite a journey. This gentleman um, is uh, a friend of Brian's. Uh, you know, Brian has been telling me about this gentleman for quite a while, um, and we wanted to get him down here so he could share his his journey, his story. We could hear that directly from him. Let's let's welcome on Robert to the show, you guys. Let's All welcome right. on Robert. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, Robert. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And get some stats right. Wow, well, sexy voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Handsome dude. <laughs> yep. Chuman, you all right? Yeah. What's okay. he doing what over there? He's behind is, the is TV doing something. some computers. Chuman, <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> we just we just welcomed Robert to the show. Uh, you can't miss Robert. How no, tall you are you, Robert? Uh, right about six four. Did you ever play football? In prison. Did you, is that true? Is that true? Prison ball. Did you play, you play with Adam Sandler in prison? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that face. Probably Burt Reynolds. Right? Yeah, yeah. Burt Reynolds. There you there go. You that's go. that's the real about. one. Yeah. Burt Reynolds is about 70 years old. Man, so. <laughs> I don't he's even think dead. he's no. dead. Burt Reynolds he's is dead. dead. No, he was yeah. 70 then. No, and you know what? Actually, Robert was playing with Burt Reynolds' corpse uh, in prison. <laughs> they were throwing his fucking skull around. <laughs> you should see if Burt Reynolds got some leftover bones for your foot there. <laughs> fucking uh, some for my knee. <laughs> Put those back. Your, your knee will outlive the rest of you. <laughs> so, okay, so... Uh, I think it, they did some other shit to him, though. I think they may have. They did. Uh, I, I think it's possible. <laughs> I do feel differently. Uh-oh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> yes. Caitlyn Jenner. Excuse me. Are we allowed to make jokes like that in San Francisco, or did we get fired or something for that? It doesn't matter. We're at the Wyndham. We can do whatever the fuck we <laughs> want. Right, we can, yeah. Robert, so, okay, so 6-4, Robert. You, did you really play football in prison? I did. Awesome. What position did you play? Um, a little bit of everything. Actually. No shit. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah. A, everybody plays everything in prison. Everybody <laughs> plays everything. They don't have positions in prison. They don't say like you're the oh, wide. They, they, well, yeah, they have positions. Yeah, uh, they got just, positions. <laughs> doggy style on your knee, <laughs> on top, on bottom. Yeah. I mean, you're only no, bolstering my case it. about football, Steve. <laughs> you're only ah. bolstering it. No, you just you just kind of line up where you fit in. You play. You play. All right, cool. <laughs> Do they give you equipment like you got shoulder pads and helmets and no. shit? No, what the, is it? The shoulder pads and helmets you got are the ones that God gave you. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to go up against fucking Robert. <laughs> God gave him some elite NFL fucking equipment. When you when you see like um, the football with the pads and the shit and stuff, 
That shit ain't going on over here. They don't do that in state prison. They don't play that shit. Yeah, they ain't giving you no shit. Yeah. No, you get a little little five to life on the football field in prison. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, You got to make sure that your head's on a swivel at all times. Oh, yeah. You got that ball, you're getting killed. Oh, yeah. It's more like Smear the Queer, right? You can't say that. Sports and prison, man. It's ethnically dominated, right? By blacks and others. And if you're a white boy, they can play. Then, Ooh, yeah, they're getting you. Then uh, you know, <laughs> and they know it. They're gonna try to. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna they're test. Gonna, you. They're gonna test you every single time, right? Because so. right. they don't usually see your make and model in that no, color, right? No. And they don't like when you're better than them. So. Oh, yeah, they hate that. I yeah, love that. that. Hey, gotta give it up to Robert, yeah, man. You, I bet you he schooled some fools up on that. <laughs> Robert, yeah. where are you from originally? Uh, originally from uh, New Prague, Minnesota. Okay, and what? 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 New, New what? Prague. New 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 Prague, actually. Oh, New, New Prague. Prague. I got you. All right. Like and when did, when did you get out to California? Uh, about 1980. Hey, my parents brought me and my uh, siblings out here in 1980. How old were you then? Uh, about oh, five years old. About five years old. So you grew up in California whereabouts? Uh, Stockton. Okay, you're from Stockton. Yeah. All right. All right, great. Hence the redneck look. Stockton. All right, yeah. <laughs> no, wait Stockton, a minute. Explain, California. explain Stockton, Steve. What What is that? Stockton. Stock. <laughs> Stockton, uh, California is Northern California, man. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's part of the uh, um. God, what am I? It's a shithole. Yeah. Right, yeah. Stockton, oh, yes, the East Bay. Yeah, explain. Sean's actually from here. Sean, explain yeah. Stockton. Explain the vibe. Like it's a uh, what is? It? Come Cows, on, right? Cows, Dude, it's kind of in the it, it's the Central California vibe for sure, right? It's like it's like the northerner side side of like Bakersfield. It's kind not of vibe, coast, right? it's not a coastal thing. You wouldn't you don't get a coastal vibe there. It's kind of like a Sacramento, right? More rural, Poor white trash, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Fucking yeah. hardcore, yeah. fucking Dwight Yoakam, fucking <laughs> right? Am I right, Robert? Hey, Dwight Yoakam, Western music. Yeah. Nate and Nick Diaz are from. Are they from Stockton? Yes, they are. Yes, Stockton. they are. They're actually yeah. from Lodi. Are they? Lodi. Yeah. They yeah, claim Lodi. Stockton. Creedence yeah, Clearwater Revival. Lodi. Yeah. But people from Stockton, though, are pretty fucking tough, pretty strong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think when we moved there, we moved to the south side of Stockton. So big gang problem there now, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a gang problem there right. for as long as I can remember. Right. Uh, kind of grew up in the ghettos of Stockton, uh, so. We were one of very few white families that lived out on Turnpike and Charter in the early '80s. Turnpike so it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty beat up, man. My <laughs> brother used to come home beat up all the time, and so real, real, real well versed uh, living in places like that uh, kind of helped me along the way, though. I, I'll give you that. You know, it kind of helped you in prison, didn't it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yes, helped did. you in what way? Um, just understanding how to be around different people. Right. Right. And uh, not trying to uh, be who you aren't. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I was respected more just, just for the fact that I was just me all the time and I didn't try to be um, somebody else. Right. You know, I know uh, that's one thing that I guess if my dad gave me one good thing in my life, it was, you know, be who you are and, and uh, never change for anybody. So, but it's also been a, a kick in the ass too. So, because <laughs> sometimes people don't like it, sometimes people don't like it. Boy, I know that one. Now let me ask you this then. So what did your dad what was your what was your dad's occupation? He was uh actually a farmer. Uh a yeah. real farmer. A real farmer, what, yeah. Like like what kind of farm? Like um uh corn and wheat harvesting. No shit. Yeah. Uh we came from a dairy uh from Minnesota. Mm. We, we lived on a dairy and stuff and 
Tell them what you were driving when so, you were 10 years old. Oh, I was driving harvesters and sh- tractors <laughs> Who and shit does like that, that at 10 years old? <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's like that's the amazing. original yeah. Footloose. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I got from the original <laughs> Footloose. Every so farmer's I, I th- kid, probably. I think I, I think I fucking learned how to drive a diesel truck before I drove a car, actually. You know? I love yeah. that. You know yeah. what I was going to say was, it, it's when you were talking about describing Stockton, what I was going to say was it's a farmer's town. It's agriculture yeah. country. Yeah, it's definitely. part of the agricultural salad bowl of of California. You know, that's right. what's going on. That's how I see it. A lot of farmers, a lot of, you know, and agricultural work. That's what's going on out there. Correct? Right. Yeah. Stockton's part of that. Absolutely. So when you say a real Central Coast vibe, I think of agriculture, totally. farms. Um, all those la- groves, you know, all that all shit. All those groves. Did you of, see a, on the one-on-one? Yeah. A lot of physical labor going on out there. A lot of people coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chicano, Mexican. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. really um, what I see, you know. Julio Cesar Chavez, you know, that's right, right. Think right. Of all that. When I think of Stockton, it's a big representative of yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? It's right. a Central Valley. So it's Central a San Joaquin Valley. Valley right there. Exactly. There One of go. the biggest steaks I ever ate was in Stockton. 76er. Oh, and so I ate really? the whole fucking thing. And you got it for free? <laughs> no, I didn't get it for free. Well, that's I, impressive. I ate that fucker. You should have got that for free. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, so your dad's a farmer. You're in Stockton, and then you're getting your ass whooped a lot because it's a diverse area. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I mean, we weren't uh, we were well, well re- welcomed. Yeah. Uh, we had a dog that protected us. What kind of dog? He was a... Uh, damn. Um, I got to get a protein bar. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> you want, I'll get a protein <laughs> Uh, he was some kind of German short hair shepherd or something like that. Um, what was his name? Ben. 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 I love that. Yeah, Gentle Ben. ben. Yeah. But he was tough. But if you were of color, he would not He would not behave. He wasn't feeling it. No. He wasn't he, feeling Because it. he didn't understand it. Right. What are you right? talking about? If you were hey, a black person? Dog his dog was racist. Of any color. I mean, if you were, can I have if you were pale white, Please? he had a problem with you, it seemed like. The dog was racist, yeah, was man. The, the dog, dog was, was racist. racist. Dog was racist. What are you going to do? So, all right. So Putting then how down. does a corn-fed <laughs> farmer's son, what exactly happened? How did you wind up in the joint? Uh, okay, so I didn't start really using drugs till I was a little bit older, probably 16, 17, somewhere in there. Which kind? Uh, methamphetamines. I smoked a lot of weed and shit. Uh, right. I really just kind of sold methamphetamines and things like that. Um, yeah, it was horrible. It was fucking horrible. Brian, please let him tell us. Uh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Got the peanut gallery over there. What the fuck? Next time we're going to bring Robert in, he's going to talk shit during your thing. All right, here we go, Robert. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, uh, everyone calm down. Got he's out of control. Uh, selling meth. He's a beautiful uh, yeah. young farm man selling meth. Um, you know, I was just trying to shake the identity of being a farmer. And, and, uh, you know, uh, life is a little bit too fast for some farm kids. You know, that shit starts passing you up and you want to catch up and, and you don't have money and everybody's doing a lot of things. So I started selling that shit. And, um, what year were we talking? Uh, 92, 91, 92, 93. And how old are you at this time? Probably 16, okay. 17. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I was, and the very first thing I started doing was selling weed. Um, and, I really wasn't, you know, making a whole lot of money because uh, we were kind of poor, right? I mean, we right. had a roof over our head, and you know, we've—I wouldn't even consider us middle class, but you know, we just we made it. We made it at home, mm-hmm. and uh, 
making a long story short, this um, I started selling weed and then, you know, selling dimes, nickels and quarter ounces. And that shit wasn't working for me. So I wanted something more. And I met up with somebody that kind of showed me the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started getting to the point where I wasn't selling nothing but quarter pounds and pounds of weed. And that was making me money. You know, I, you know, what's the secret to that, actually? Because, like, I mean, I have had, had a group with a lot of guys who dreamed of becoming the next Scarface and all shit. Yeah. And all they could come up with was a little bit of weed, and they smoked it, and they were never able to make that transition to pounds, quarter pounds. So, What's the secret? So the secret is, if you want to smoke weed and sell it for free, or you want to smoke weed for free and sell it and make money, then you have to get bigger quantities of weed. You and just, how do you make that connect? You just got to go through somebody? Well, somebody just showed me the game. Like, put, tip me up on the game. I, I was, uh, I shouldn't say this shit, but uh, I was actually a little league baseball coach. And um, I was coaching uh, this guy's son, and we just became good friends, man. And he was a big time weed dealer in uh, the in east that, side of Stockton. And, sure. And he just kind of showed me the game. And, uh, you know, I paid attention, I listened, and, um, he got me on my feet, man. He gave me two pounds of weed and two thousand dollars, and told me, "Hey, you know, when you get this two thousand dollars, pay me back. If you don't, don't come back to my house." Did you get and, that two uh, thousand? I did. I nice. Did. Uh, Love it. Because uh, I actually have a good work ethic. Funny enough, because you're um, raised by a farmer. Yeah, right. and uh, <laughs> you know, your word is your bond, so you you yeah, keep yeah. your word to people. Right. Uh, I was taught that at a real young age, um, and it just snowballed from there. And uh, then, you know, crank, they called it crank back then. Um, That shit came on like gangbusters. And, uh, man, that that was just the downfall of my my whole existence. Especially in that area. Yeah, it just, it, it, I mean, it literally fucked me up, right? Right. I was barely using it, and then I started using it. And then, um, you know, I don't know, I just ran out of money somehow. And... uh, it just got shitty, man, and, and I started selling more of that. I started, you know, the weed wasn't making the money that I wanted, and the crank was going faster at the time. And, right. And uh, find yourself getting deeper and deeper yeah, into that game. Yep. And uh, you know, just looking back on it now, you know, I can see how how it just it's like a fucking downhill. I've never heard of a successful drug story, and I'm not one of them. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. And when you're going uh, from dealing weed and the people that are buying weed to dealing. In it's very different. A very different. A very How different so? Crowd. How because so? You're, uh, you're dealing with people that are using more than likely using this stuff, and so you're getting you're dealing with tweakers. You're dealing with right. like madness. You're dealing with people that you don't know how long they've been up. The last time they're like, right. and and if you start participating in it too, then it's nothing but insanity going on, right? Right. And I started fucking with people. I'd sell that shit. I'd be selling that shit. I'd weigh it up on tables and shit and. You know, guys would be in the room or whatever, and they'd be using, and I'd just fucking blow that shit off the table, and they'd be freaking out, right? And I used to start, I started doing that to fuck with them, man. I was like, you dirty fucking dope fiends, you know what I mean? And here it is, I'm a dirty fucking drug dealer, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just got to that point where um, I started partying so much, man, that I didn't give a shit about anything but myself, right? including my family, my kid. You know, my girlfriend at the time, um, myself, most importantly, myself, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, when you don't give a shit about yourself, you certainly ain't going to give a shit about anybody else. And uh, that's what happened, man. It just got out of control. 
uh, got to the point where I felt like, you know, I was looking around um, and I'm looking at everybody else have all this nice shit. And here I am fucking with these grimy ass dudes that are just, you know, shysty and, and fucking stealing shit from my neighbors to buy dope from me. And right. So it just came to a point where I was like, man, fuck. And I just, I don't know, I kind of lost my fucking mind with it. Right. And it start, just started making me angry. And, and, mm. um, yeah, and then I tried stopping a couple times. I tried quitting. And then when I quit, it fucking no money. So you're fucked. And it's not like I couldn't keep a job. I was, I had, I actually had a job when I was selling drugs. So what'd you do? I was working at a car audio shop. There you uh, go. Yeah, I was working at a That's car. That's great shop. for tweaking, man, because you could pull apart <laughs> stereos. It was and all great, that right? So right. you could fuck everybody else's shit up and don't touch yours. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I was doing that, and then you know, it just come to a point where uh, you know, when the crime happened, when I committed the crime that I committed. Um, you know, somebody showed up at my door, and, and um, yeah, he, he fucking had $8 in his pocket. And it's just so unfortunate, man, how it went down, because at that time I had a seven-and-a-half-week-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. you know, the sad part of this whole fucking story, uh, it's all sad. Right. right? So anytime somebody right. loses their life, it's sad. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I fucking, I just lost my fucking mind and got in a fight with somebody in my house and I didn't realize my daughter was in the room and and shit happened and fucking she ended up getting murdered and and she ended up dying a day later because of the fight in the house and uh, yeah and uh I'm so sorry and it was all my fault dude it was all my fault if I wasn't doing the things that I wanted that I that I wanted to do at that time Mm. Because I was so selfish and so self-absorbed with uh, what I thought was life at that time, right? Mm. Um, you know, this this would be a totally different story today, probably. How, hold on a second. How old is your daughter? My daughter is gonna be six months in about two days. And you're talking about seven month old daughter, seven and a half week old, seven, seven and a half, half week old. Okay. Man. Whew, I was gonna say you said that this that this person showed up. At your door with eight dollars in there. Well, I I found out that he had eight dollars in his pocket, and um, I think it's kind of irrelevant as to you know I gave him when I gave him a gram of dope and a quarter ounce of weed and told him to leave. Um, he decided that wasn't the best idea. He didn't want to leave. He, well, he left, but he came back, and I let him back in my house. And when I let him back in my house, we started fighting. Was he trying to rob you? He was. Fuck. At least that's that's how I'm taking it. Right. Right. You don't know right. what he's up to. I, I, don't, I, don't, crazy I, guy. I didn't know uh, what his intention was. I didn't know. Uh, I only knew that I, there was one thing I was going to protect, and it was all that dope in that house. Because right. there was Did a lot a of weapon? it. No. So uh, I actually uh, damn near beat him to death and kicked him down a flight of stairs. And uh, he he actually walked away from my house. Um, but what I didn't realize in the process of the fight was that my daughter was in the front room. And uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, came out and started screaming. And, and uh, she was my daughter was alive at that time. Yeah. And um, it was the next morning that she, you know, I woke up with her next to me <sighs> and she, her face was blue and oh. so i'm the one that, you know i had to call the ambulance and shit but 
it was it was all my fault because I didn't do it the night of. I was too fucking scared. I was a coward. I didn't want to be in trouble for all this dope and all this other shit. And and I was like 18 years old, 17. It's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's just the way it was. You just, made, time. You just made the wrong decision. And I made a, I, I made one decision after the next that was just terrible, 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 terrible. And it got right. worse and worse right. and worse. Right. Well, in your defense, and, uh, you were 18 years old. So. No, I get that. Um, yeah, but that know, doesn't alleviate the sense of responsibility you feel. Right, right. right. You look um, back at that and you're like, man. And you know, the thing is, is that that night I could have easily called the ambulance. I mean, she wasn't bleeding. She wasn't hurt. You couldn't tell that she was hurt. Would just something just land on her? Or? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'm holding her uh, that night and I fell asleep with her. Right, and, um, right. you know, a bunch of shit happened. There was just a bunch of steps that happened. and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was charged with second-degree murder, um, and they actually charged me with a six-year count of child endangerment for fighting in the house with a child in the age of eight. Right. Uh, It was... It's heartbreaking, man. It's it's hard to sit and talk about that shit because, you know, you don't ever want to outlast your kids. You know what I mean? And... um, Man. it's, It's just... It's one of those fucking tough things, man. And, and God damn. Yeah. Yeah, but there are people who have to do it. I'm one of them. Right. right? I mean, that is life. I mean, it's as hard as that is. The truth is, is that some people, they yeah. have to. And there was a lot of shit that I had to come, terms, come to terms with. Right. You know? Absolutely. I cared about myself. Right. I cared about my dope. And I cared about uh, this pride and ego shit that was so far in the way of of the responsibilities of my girlfriend, my house, my child, um, all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot about that right. throughout my time in prison. And it wasn't an easy road, man. People people question that shit every single day, every year, every transfer, every new prison. Um, I've, had my, I've had my ups and downs with it, you know? Right. Can, I, um, can I ask you something about... Did you have problems when you got there with because there was a child involved? Is that what you dealt with? with yeah, with the- yeah, I dealt with some of that, but I I knew who I knew what I did and didn't do, and um, man, it it was yeah yeah that happened because it's really I, tough. But, really I, tough can, but I can tell you, but I can tell you that when people sat down and we had the conversation and I showed the paperwork to them. Uh, they were, then they understood, like, right. oh, okay, I get it. Right. You the know? details kind of made a little more sense as to what happened. Right. Because, you know, you, when you're in prison, uh, you know, you have child molestation, you have right. pedophilia, you right. have all the stuff with these kids. And, and when it's done directly, when it's directly done to them, yeah. I think that's different than something indirectly. But it's not seen like that because that's a weird dynamic in. California state prisons or any yep. prison across the nation, I would believe. Right. You know, yeah. uh, so it was, it was a tricky road. You, you know don't, what I mean? you don't have, sometimes you don't have the luxury of explaining anything. Yeah, that's what I was right. getting at. Right. 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 And, and, um, you know, I just, I knew some people along the way and those people knew who I was and they knew what I was about and they knew what I was like when I was on the street. And for what, for the second degree murder and the charge as to compared to who they knew I was, it doesn't match up. And there had to be an explanation. There had to be an explanation. And there was. So as you know, media is kind of fucked up, right? You get fake news. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's been, it's been that way before Donald Trump even thought of saying that right. shit. Right. right. So, um, 
it's just it's printed up fucked up it, it doesn't sound good mm-hmm. um but i know who i am i know what i've done i know what i didn't do uh i didn't go through prison i or i went through prison without being stabbed and i've been on the main line for over 20 something years right so that's not saying much. That's kind of embarrassing to be in prison that long. But I'll tell you that it, the person that being in prison created for me mm-hmm. is, is 10 times better than the person that would have been standing, you know, out in the free world at that time. Running from, amok. Running amok. Because you know what? If, if somebody didn't kill me, I'd have killed myself. Right. I, I honestly believe that. Again, we're hearing that. Yeah, right? right. So then, then if anyone's wondering um, what the sound effects are that are going on right now, Steve, <laughs> during this heart-rendering story of this the humanity, the, the drama of it, Steve's popping some gum on some trident. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Okay. But so then how long before what happens and then the cops show up? So I was a pretty good fucking liar, right? And it took him almost five months, four months to arrest me. How so? Because they had no evidence. It was all circumstantial doctor's evidence about injuries. Yeah, and was, so, like, was, what would you say? You're like, I well, was, I, what did you tell him? I just told him, man, this motherfucker tried to rob me. Right. He uh, came at my house. This happened. All this shit happened. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I can tell you, I was at least at the police station uh, five times in an interview. Because, yeah. like, in the movies, they showed a guy, like, you know, they got good cop, bad cop. Like, oh, they did, did they do that? that? I didn't even know. What the, when he told me, oh, you're being charged with a homicide, I said, what the fuck is a homicide? I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> right? That's how fucking young and naive I was. Right. right? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Did they try to scare so, you and shit? They're like, oh, they, oh. Yeah, they tried all that shit. And, yeah. uh, but you were, like, just dodging and weaving. I was, man, I was dipping and swerving is what I was doing. Because, uh, I, you know, I didn't. When I look back at it now, it was just about the fact that I just didn't want to own up to my shit and say that I fucked up. Right. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be in trouble. I didn't want to be seen as this fucking uh, dirtbag dope dealer that couldn't, you know, that allowed people in his house with his family and his this newborn, you know, little girl. Um Because I, I think that I lived almost two lives. Like, my family seen me this way. And, you know, the world's seen me a different way. Like the outside world, when I wasn't by my family, I was doing all kinds of weird shit. Selling dope, fucking hanging out with weirdos. You know, just... It's all that fast money. Yeah. So, uh... But, so how did they finally... How did they finally get you? I got to get the car, right? They're pulling it out. Okay. So how'd they get you? So how they got me is they they called and acted like they wanted to rent an apartment because I was an apartment building manager too at the time. Wow! And uh, you used about everything, didn't you? Yeah, I was. I, I had my hands on a lot of shit. I had free rent. I was working. I was selling dope. Um, I was trying to. I was trying to like. I had this big ass mask on. You know what I mean? You're saying that it took them about six months? No, it took them four months. Okay. So this good. happened. This happened in December on December second. Okay. December third. I didn't get arrested till actually uh, two days before Mother's Day. So May, yeah, right. So, so that's five months. almost five months. Yeah, 
right? Um, he, they, they had him down there five times trying to get him to confess. And you're not old, right? You're young. No, I'm like got, 18. I just turned 18. Stockton White Boy, <laughs> five times police are leaning on him. And a lot of dudes twice his age crumble on shit. I see it a lot. Like, they just flip. This dude was like, oh, no, I wasn't. All right, so how'd well, they get I mean, you? It, well, they, they fucking, they were slick about it, right? So... Uh, what I've what I've realized and what I found out was is that when they called me to check on an apartment, it was about nine thirty ish, ten o'clock, and they called my house. Detectives called my house, said, "Hey, we want to come out and check out this open apartment." I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll be here for about another fifteen minutes." They showed up about eight minutes later, knocked on the door. My girlfriend actually answered the door at the time, and when they opened the door, they said, uh, "Is your name?" I won't mention her name, sure. just out of respect for her. Sure. And we have a, a warrant for your arrest and Robert's arrest, too. Damn. And I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in my front room with a quarter pound of weed on my, on my um, coffee table. Right, as one does. <laughs> as one does in that life. And uh, I remember saying, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> right? I remember saying that like it was just like, what the fuck did he just say? And when I looked up, there's a, there's this, badass looking chick in this leather coat and I like and they just started storming the house and I took this my partner was sleeping on the couch and I slid this weed off uh my fucking coffee table and uh wake up Brian uh (laughs) anyway I slid this weed off my coffee table and kicked it under my couch and uh yeah, I was arrested from that point. I never seen the light of day until 2015. Shit. So then they fucking... So what year was that? That was uh, 90... 94? Damn. 94, I'm going to go get the car. You fucking... Nah, I got it. I got it. You got it? Okay. Do you got the keys? Yeah. Oh, they got the keys. Do you got the yellow fucking tag? It's in that envelope. Yeah, so... Thank you, Sean. Uh, Thank you, Sean. I was... Uh, yeah, I ended up getting to prison... 95, 96. All right, so okay. they haul you in. Do you make a deal or do you fight it? No, I fight it all the way. No shit. How yeah. long did, it, did, did they put you in county up there? I was in the county jail for about 16 or 17 months on this. So are they offering you up a deal prior to this date? You so, going, what's the deal they're trying to get? So they're trying to give me 15 to life. Okay. <clears throat> right? So they're trying to give me 15 to life. I'm facing it anyway. Right. Right. Um, so we're going through. We're going through uh, the... Fucking DA's got a hard on for me, obviously, for mm-hmm. you know his reasons, yeah, legitimate reasons. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and uh, they're just so they're going through it. And I said, you know what, man, I'm not facing no more than that anyway. I'm asking this public defender. What uh, was the public defender like? Uh, <laughs> he did the best he could with what he had. That's all I got to say, man. I wasn't giving him very many cards to play at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we go to trial. And the trial was like three and a half weeks or so. And, uh, you know, they come back guilty, 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 guilty. Did you win? So you did, did you testify or you didn't testify? I, I did testify on my behalf. Right. Right. Uh, I had a co-defendant. Like I said, she was there. Right. Um, and at one point I told my attorney, I said, you know what, man, just tell them to fucking drop the charges on her. I'll take all this shit. You know, she had nothing to do with it. Would they accept that deal? No, they didn't accept it. Uh, and then her did the lo- co-defendant have to do time? Yes, she did uh, seventeen and a half years. Damn! Whoa! Yes, your old lady for yes. what part? Uh, f- for she was charged with the same shit. Right, she was there. 
She was there. And who and knows? He didn't get into the details of everything, but who knows what the fuck? But right. she was there. Well, she was there, and she didn't. She didn't do anything to remove herself, or she could have turned evidence and said, "Hey, well, I know, you know what a crime was committed, and I'm turning in this thing, and right. I don't want to." She um, didn't do that. So she did about seventeen and a half, eighteen. Wow! Damn! Did you? Did you? Did you guys maintain correspondence? No. Uh, Not allowed to. Right? Well. We did for a little while. You what did. Ha- what happened was is during trial, her lawyer and the DA were getting at her real tough. Right, of course. About saying, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. Because, you know, she was like three or four old years older than I was. Um, she had a job. She had all this shit, right? She had shit to lose. She had, she had shit to lose. Right. And, uh, you know, they're looking at me, this fucking long-haired... You had long uh, hair back I then. Long, yeah, I did. Because you're Honestly, fucking, you're, you're, you, you got no hair right now. <laughs> well, so you got hair. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, right. my listen, that's, that's, that's my fate. That's what happens. Listen, man. whatever. That's just fucking some too many are, brains, man. Yeah. <laughs> some, five months. Hey, all right? listen. Some some of us are six four. They lose their hair. Yeah. Some are five six, hey. and we still got our hair. Yeah. All right. Listen. Anyway, um, yeah. So you know, we didn't keep, we didn't keep in touch after about five years. And she's out now. She's do, she actually lives in Frisco. Okay. Uh, she's doing big things out here. Been out since 2013. Okay. About 2013 she got out. So, uh, yeah, it was about 95, 96 that I ended up going in. I actually got out in 2015. Right. Um, How long was that when you were down? How long total? Uh, it was almost 21. Okay. 21 with... Yeah, almost. That's so. That's how the the, is. It was so. At the end of the trial, do they hit you with a fifteen to life, or do they hit you? No, they hit me with. They hit me with a twenty-one to life. Twenty-one to life. Right. So, how that worked was they gave me a six-year sentence. I did four years, eight months. I went to board at uh, twelve years, eight months on my fifteen to life, and then they gave me a five-year knock. And Mm. I wasn't. What's a five-year knock? So they gave me a five-year denial. Okay. So they just changed Marcy's law. Uh, used to be they could only do like one, two, three, four, or five. Yeah. Now with Marcy Marcy's law in play, it's you know it's three, five, seven, ten, or fifteen. So if they if they they give you a five year knock, that means you can't come to the board for that, five years. Yeah. Well, but there's 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 a little clause in that, right? So if you do everything that they ask you, you can file this thing called a ten forty five, and it's an advancement of your hearing. And uh, so. I remember going to my first board and they were just talking shit, man. Like, yeah. real bad. You know, told me I was a piece of shit murderer, all this other shit. And, and that's 2014. They were just, or 2012, they were just starting to let people out. I think 2011, more lifers got out in 2011 than any other time since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I went in in 2012, they fucking, they just reamed me a new asshole, dude. They, they were just on me, like, talking shit. I mean, I was to the point where I was in that hearing, and I was like, I just want the fuck out of here. Right. Right? right. right. Like, fuck you guys, man. I, okay, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, it made you feel that way. Like, right. fuck, I've been doing all this work. Now, mind you, when I came to prison, or when I went to prison, about two or three years in, I just started, I just fucking looked in the mirror one day and said, you know, I fucking can't stand you, dude. You need to do something to change your life. And when it comes to a point when you look in the mirror and you can't stand who you're looking at, right, you have to make a change. Because you went in there being the same guy that you were. Yeah, but I, I just didn't, I wasn't using, though. Like, okay. I wasn't using and I wasn't doing that shit. I just, 
I'm one of those people when you, f- you go to feed a dog and that motherfucker bites you, uh, I might not feed you again, man. At right. least that way, right? Right, right, right. So I guess there's something that's right in my mind at some point, right? Right. That, um, and I just figured, you know what? I just, that shit took everything from me. Took, took my life. Took, you know, took other people's lives. Those two people just didn't die that day. Right. A lot of people died that day. Right. right. A community pretty much died that day. My family, her family, his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just there's right. Such it a, didn't just it, impact right. you. No, it impacted so much more than me. And it took me a long, long time to realize that. Right. It took me probably seven to ten years to like get the full impact of what the fuck it, it did to other people. Let me ask you a question. When so. What's your mentality bef- right before? Like, what what kind of thing are you running right before you finally, your mind, your heart, whatever it is, allows you to finally think about the truth of what happened? Like, what's your mentality before that? Denial. Like, fucking complete denial. Just blaming other people. Just fucking like, man, if, that, if this didn't happen, if I wasn't doing this, this wouldn't happen. If this person didn't say that, that wouldn't have happened. And it was just fucking, it, I was just pointing out instead of pointing back, you know? And then what happened that finally it opened up for you? I just, I remember one day I woke up, I got up, and I'm looking around this fucking gray-ass, drab-ass cell with this tan painted beds and these cookie sheets on them. And I ain't got shit, right? And I'm being told by everybody around me, you ain't going home. You might as well just make this home. And I remember telling myself when I showed up, because I, I went through Tracy, uh, I went through DVI for my reception, and I was told that there. And I looked around and I said, you know what, uh-uh, I'm getting out of this motherfucker, one way or the other. One way or the other, whether you take me out in a box or whether I walk out on my own two feet. And when I looked around, and, and, and it was a couple years after that, because I think that when you're going to a level four and you're doing all this shit... You're so fucking nervous about you. You know, you're almost scared, man. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Right. At any given time. Anything could happen. Anything can happen. You could, you could, you know, you could catch, you could catch somebody in the wrong place at the wrong time and you, it could be over. You could get it could stabbed be or you could get fucking, shot by one of the guys. It could be fucking gun. curtains right there. Right. So I just made a conscious choice, man. I, I, when I got up and I was just sick of looking at who I was, I, <clears throat> I remember I fucking cut my hair. Uh, I started just walking a different way. I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it, man. Because I've never, I've never strapped up my own shoes, like my own, you know what I mean? I've never put my own shoes on to that point. Like I was living for everybody else. I wanted everybody else's approval at that point. Mm. And there was a part of me that said, you know what, man, fuck that. I need to approve of myself. And I didn't even know that, right? I didn't know that until much, much years later. With, with, with your perspective right now, like, let, let's just get down to brass tacks. Let's be real. Let's just fucking cut the shit. Let's get right down to it. Why did you need, where did that come from? Where did the wound of needing someone's approval come from? When my fucking, when my mom told me she was getting married to my stepdad, my dad was like my hero, right? <sighs> So I was probably about seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. My dad was like six six. He was a big old motherfucker, right? Yeah. And uh, he was just this big old farmer. But when he fucking drank, dude, he turned into this fucking demon, right? Oh, yeah. He was just ornery as fuck. Sounds I mean, like somebody I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just mean, right? Right. And but when he wasn't drinking, he provided it. He made sure we had a roof over our head. He protected us. All the shit. And 
my dad was my superhero. Right. And when he fucking split, all I had was my mom and my brothers and sisters. See, I'm the youngest of four kids. So, and I'm youngest, I'm, I'm youngest by seven years. My sister's 50. Got it. Then my other sister's like 56 or 54. My brother's like 56. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so you're the runt of the litter. Uh, I'm the, but I'm the biggest of all of us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, um, yeah. So, you know, shit was just dispersing and that's where it came from, dude. Like there was this, there, my mom was busy in this new relationship, which I get because she was trying to get, you know, she was trying to provide for her children after my dad left. And, right. And that's where that shit come from, man. It was man. Just, yeah, it was kind of weird, man. That's like, amazing. I mean, I, I think that makes sense to me what you're saying. Yeah, you have to pinpoint it, right? And I pinpointed I remember the day my mom told me she was going to get married to my stepdad. I fucking, we lived in this big old, old Victorian house, like a four-bedroom house. Yeah. And we had this old-ass, rickety-ass fucking wooden screen door. And I remember as an eight-year-old kid walking out, kicking this screen door open, and my mom had planters all the way around our porch, right? These yeah. little you know, these little pottery. And I must've kicked 15 of those things off the porch before I come out and got slapped upside the head. Man. Damn. Yeah. So that wound, right. Well, however, right. And we're not here to say like, we don't take responsibility, but you don't take responsibility for anything until you are put in a position where you're forced to look at yourself. And so I felt a lot of abandonment by my father. Right. Of course. And the way that he showed me love was Go ahead. Don't fucking get up. Don't cry. Wipe it off. Put some dirt on it. Here's some money. Be tough. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the, you know, some men might think this is the greatest thing they ever dad ever told them. Hand me a fucking 50 or $100 bill and tell me, hey, boy, don't miss. You know, you go out there and get them ladies because you don't want to miss one. Hey, right. where does, uh, upon divorce or they split up, and where does Pops go? Does he leave town? Yeah, Pops leaves. He moves back to Minnesota. Oh, he's gone, gone. He's fucking gone. Okay. And how long after that does Mom marry the new guy? Uh, I think it was about a year and a half, two years. Okay. Yeah, about that. A time time, uh, on it. Okay. Um, but wait, real, real quick, let's just break in. Uh, so Steve and I just got text and I don't know you guys have heard. We just learned that Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. Are just you serious? Now. Kobe Bryant died. Yeah. Just, just now. now. Just my, now. my, te- Steve and my wife just texted me. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter That's crash. Crazy. Holy That's wow. fucking crazy. All right, Peter, Kobe Bryant, man. Who, spec- mm. who expects that to happen? I don't know. That's wild. No. All right. So, wow. So you decide I'm going to take personal responsibility for the fact that I'm going to get myself out of here one way or the other. It's going to be in the pine box or I'm going to be walking out. Right. And, and you know, what? this is how fucked up your mind gets in there. Right. You start seeing people get rolled up. You see them get fucking taken off the yards and shit. And I said, you know, what? that ain't never going to happen to me. Fuck that. You, gonna, you want me off the yard? And this is back to what we were talking about with. What Brian asked, you know, what was it like for you? Because, you know, there was... there was this, your crimes. Right. Yeah. And um, I just told myself, you know what? You're going to have to fucking stab me off the yard. You're going to have to... Right. Fucking, you're going to have to roll gonna, me you're up. You're going to have to roll me up because I ain't going nowhere. Right. 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 And right. that right. just falls into the fact of that... Just that pride and shit gets in the way a little bit, right? Yeah. Because I, I lived a fucking lonely life up in prison, man. I did. Like, I didn't... I mean, I had homeboys and shit, and we hung out and all this other shit, but... 
leave me the fuck alone. Right. You weren't all clicked up. You know, I would go by and say good morning, all this other shit. And they knew if anything ever happened that I would be there. But I fucking, I lived a pretty lonely life, dude, just trying to, I was struggling. I was struggling with my own mental health um, as far as, like, dealing with the shit that I was responsible for. Of course. Right, right. You know, and, um, but it made me mentally, mentally tough, man. Mentally tough until 2016. And that's when I my violation happened. Hold on. So you're in there. Was there a book? So when you said you were doing 21, you went to the boards at 21, right? Well, I went at, I think it was uh, the first time I went, let's see, 12, 16, 17 months, or 17 years, four months, I went to the first board. Okay. And then at some point, they're like, uh, did you have a process or a program you went to that taught you like, hey, I need this is what you need to be learning so that you can get to the board? So no, they just tell you, you know, you're gonna be here's your fucking board date. This is when you're gonna go, and they don't tell you what you need. They don't tell you what to get. Right. None of that shit. Uh, but just along the way, just picking shit up from people, right? Right. But the same message that I kept getting picked up from was, man, you ain't going nowhere. Might as well get comfortable. Man, you ain't going nowhere. You might as well get comfortable. And I just didn't believe it. Right. I just didn't believe it, man. I said, you know what? That's This is not going to be my life. It's not going to be my life. And so at some point then the board finally stops kicking your ass. And at some point, like, what? when was it that the board said, you know what? You're slated to go home. So that was 2014. <laughs> oh, fuck. So I got denied in 2012 with a five-year denial. Uh, when I walked out of that hearing, uh, I was shook, man. I, I thought, man, these motherfuckers just gave me another sentence. Right. That's the way I was looking at it, mm-hmm. right? But it took about four months, and I'm reading through my transcripts, and I get to the back of my transcripts, and, they, and, and I don't ever remember them saying this. They're like, look, you've, you're doing the work. But you're not getting in there where we want to where we want to have a conversation with you. Where did they want to go? So they wanted to go to what I was responsible for, why I was responsible for it, why I did it, where it came from, all that shit from what I just told you about when yeah. I was eight years old and my yeah. pops left, right? Yeah. So that's where they wanted it to come from. And I was still on the surface kind of... You hadn't done the work yet. Yeah, like minimizing a little bit. I thought I did, right? right? I've been doing work for a long time. Right. Right. But you don't really realize that when when you've been minimizing something for so long, Right. right, that it's just a natural part of your conversation. Right. Right. And so I started looking through my transcripts and I, and, and he said exactly what he wanted me to do. And I said, you know what? That's the key to getting out. And that's what I did. I went back to work for two years. Two years, I filed the 1045. I went back to the board. So I filed it two years to the day. I went February. I think it was February 5th of 2012. Uh, 2014, I filed it on February 5th. I've got another board date six months out, which was October, I think, at the time, October 31st. I was going on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Did the work for two years. Just stayed in the book, stayed in the book, stayed in the books, and just work, work, work. What books are you, like, if you had one so, to recommend that you felt like was something that was... It too- wasn't a book. You what know was what it was? It? What it, was it? It, was a, it was a group called uh, CGA. Are you familiar with it? I'm not. It's are called, you, Steve? Yeah, of course, What's man. CGA? So, CGA is a 12-step... For me, it's a it's a cognitive behavioral 
route. It's 12 steps. It's based on the 12 steps of NA and AA, but it, it really just it's talks criminal. about... It's criminal. It's all yeah. about criminal yeah, crimes, cr- right? Yeah, criminal gang members and honors. Right, exactly. Yep. And uh, I've never been a gang member, right? But uh, how I got introduced to it is so they, needed, they needed the token white guy. <laughs> so, so I actually I went up with Walden House with Wayne Garcia to go sit in on a CGA that they did out of Mule Creek. Oh, okay. When they were first introducing it to CDC, wow. they were introducing that it was in Mule a long Creek, time ago. and I went up there and did a CGA. That was in like ninety six, ninety seven. Because they, they, I uh, remember they. Uh, oh, this is already like this is when we went to this Mule was Creek. More we, yeah, this was no, this was two thousand, like oh, two thousand four, yeah. two thousand five. We, I, I got invited to go up there and sit on a panel. It was like they were about to. They were really bringing CGA to prisons and right. implementing the program right. into prisons. I was uh, I was actually there. I showed up at uh, I went to Mule Creek for a while. I was there on a yard uh, okay. from like ninety six to ninety eight. Okay, and then I went to C yard, and I was on C yard from like well from ninety eight to two thousand two, mm-hmm. and then they changed all of them around. They sent me down the Sentinella. Okay. So I got shot down the Sentinel, and I was down there for about a year, maybe maybe half a year or something like that. And I ended up back at Soledad, and I did my last 10 years at uh, Soledad Central. And dude, um, So when you're saying you're in the book, you're like, you're in the work. I'm in the work, dude. You're in the I'm, work I'm of this 12 stuff. Right. Dude, check and, it out. So CGA, I just pulled it up. Like the 12 steps. I had no idea that this oh, existed. All right, like we step one, we reviewed our past, admitting a lack of strength and control over our addictions to all forms of illegal activity, mm-hmm. and that our lifestyle was not decent nor manageable. Man, I'm telling you, that group right there, I don't care who you are, if you live in the lifestyle, yeah. that group right there will change your life, man, yeah, well, if you apply we, it. Because, man, what people don't understand is that not only are the, dr- the drugs, but the lifestyle, you're addicted to both. They're yeah. intertwined, and, if that be you. Yeah, and that was me. Yeah, like, I was right. addicted to the lifestyle more than I was addicted to that fast money-making lifestyle more than I was getting high. Mm-hmm. And then getting high just came with it uh, yeah. eventually. So wow, that so was you- one of the, I mean, I'm telling you, that was one of the biggest groups for me. Okay, so so you do the work, you do the work for two years, you come back up, you get some, and through this work, more is revealed to you. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, what was the, a surprising thing that you learned from that work? Like one or two, like just one thing where you were like, man. So that- it's like, uh, I just think of step five, right? Step five. We and, sought and- forgiveness from God ourselves and admitted to someone we trusted the wrongs we have done. Exactly. So even in the step of uh, the fifth step of NA and AA, mm-hmm. yeah, right, yep. admitting to yourself, admitting. to God and another human being, the exact natures sure of your wrongs, wrongs. Right. right, right. So and that was, it just hit me, man. I was like, you're ready to get honest, yeah, right, because I was carrying something for so long, right, minimalizing I it, blamed everybody else for my shit. Sure. sure. You're ready to take right. ownership and yeah. be honest. Right? And, now it's time. Uh, I mean, like I had started that work. Right, but that last two years was just integral in me saying, you know what, man, I'm fucked up. But you know right. what, you gotta love what you are, mm-hmm. no matter how bad it is. And when you do that, you're able to walk through it, right? right. You're yeah. able to move through it. Yeah, right. bro. Right, come to terms with that shit, and uh, that's that's what happened, man. I just that's beautiful. I just started like it just started. It just started clicking. It's like when you've been at a job and you don't really get it. 
but then you start getting it and you're there for six months and you're teaching the new guy. Right. That's the shit that happened. It was, it was fucking amazing how that happened. I right. love that. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So you go up to the boards and you say you're, the way you approached, the way you showed up actually made them believe or you were evidence of that you have been doing the work. Yes. So what they did was when I went back on a 1045, they go back and they just, they just check into the areas that you fucking stunk at, right? Yeah. At least that's my opinion of it. And when I went back in and I was talking to them about these very specific areas, they only asked me very specific questions. So, um, and I had one of the fucking worst commissioners. I don't think he is. Now he's been an asshole to me because he's denied me before, just most recently when I went back. But um, I had Arthur Anderson. I don't know if anybody. Oh, yeah, I do. I know Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> and um, been around a long time. And uh, he's a CHP. He was an old CHP cop. He ran uh, the Highway Patrol down in LA for like thirty-five years or some shit. And <laughs> he's a fucking. He's a piece of work, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, that fucker found me suitable on October 31st in 2014. And, uh, you know, how far, how, how long did it take you to reach for the Kleenex when he said you were suitable? <laughs> uh, well, You're when sure? the, when the hearing first started, um, and he asked me a question about what happened to my daughter, I, I, I just broke down in tears for about anywhere from seven to 10 minutes and I couldn't speak to him. And, uh, I was just, cause I'm, I'm busted up about that shit. That shit's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't give. I don't care how you look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you try. It's not cool, right? It's and, the opposite of what a superhero father would do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, once I remember collecting myself and looking up, he was looking across the table about like where you are, and he just kind of shook his head like, "Okay, now we're ready to have a conversation." Right, right. And right. I remember that I was just, I was just in that place. Right, right. Yeah, like everything I, was down. Right, I, I, I've already, I was already crying in front of these men. Yeah, man. And I was just I was vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, coming from a six foot four, two hundred forty five pound guy, uh, that shit didn't matter anymore. You That's know what I mean? a lot of weight off right then at yeah. that moment. Yeah, I felt like I was about one hundred sixty pounds then, <laughs> and right. I was able to just speak freely about my shit. Because that's what it was. It was my shit. It was nobody else's shit. Right. Right? Um, that's fascinating. I, yeah, and I just came to a point where I wasn't blaming nobody for nothing that happened except for me. Like, this was my shit. This is why I did it. This is how I felt. This is why I felt that way. And there's no excuse. I was just... I, I refused to, you know, get help. I refused to... Look at it like this. I refuse to be responsible, and I refuse to care about anybody but my fucking self at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just a good conversation, man. I, I felt so liberated after that hearing, and, and I didn't know that I was going home. I didn't right. know it. So I come back in, and when they told me that uh, they felt that I was no longer a threat to society, uh, yeah, I broke down again. And I don't remember too much anything after when he told me that I was going to be found yeah, granted it's like parole. Charlie Brown talk. He was right. hearing it. And, um, <laughs> and I remember I was just kind of trying not to like tense up and grab my chair or like act a fool because I right. wanted to, I wanted to be able to accept what was going on and wanted them to see that. And uh, one of the things that he had said to me uh, just before I walked out of the room, he said, uh, 
And this is kind of how he does his hearings. He calls you son. He'll call you son. Hey, son, let me tell you something. And uh, he looked across the table at me, and he moved his computer to the side, and he goes, he goes, you know, you lived in a very negative situation for a long, long time. And he goes, I'm talking about before prison. He goes, you weren't dealt the best hand of cards, and you played them the best that you could. And he said, uh, he goes, you know what, I believe that you're going to do well out there. And I believe um, that this second chance is going to be yours. And he goes, I believe in you. And he goes, uh, I care about you, and I want you to do well. And I'll never forget that when he told me that. Because outside of being found suitable and the first 10 minutes of that hearing, and then when he said that, those are the three most prominent points of that hearing for me and it's because it was I know this is going to sound fucking crazy right but it was because it was fucking it was comforting that little kid inside right of yeah, course it was yeah, that like, that, crazy like that little kid inside was just getting a big ass hug telling yeah, me yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. it's okay mm-hmm. it's almost over mm-hmm. it's not ever going to be over but it's almost over right. and you're going to have an opportunity to get your shit back because you know, part of what you said in being raised, uh, you were saying that you were given that image of a man is tough, right? Yep. You don't cry, rub dirt on and all the other stuff, which is shoving away the pain. Part of the problem with that is, is that you're also shoving away the pain that you caused yourself. So you can't learn. Right. So when you stepped up to there to this other father figure calling you son. And he's at the boards. And now the wound or the healing of that comes from you releasing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The crying and all the other stuff that tough guys say you're not supposed to do. Right. And then he gives you and and, and accepts it and says, hey, like it's going to be okay. Right. So, you know, that happened, right? And I walked out of there and I, I, I remember just going back and, you know, being able to tell my family and my wife at the time and, and, uh. I was ecstatic and wait, 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 wife at the time. Yeah, I was married. I've been married twice. But did you get married in prison? Yes. What? Yeah, I was married for ten years one time, and then I was just most recently married for about four or five. How does a dude get a chick to marry him in prison? Easy, not easy. I should say. What did you? <laughs> but, I, I mean, <laughs> easy, but it happens way more than you imagine, bro. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I guess I can. But there's some examination to be done in that too, man. I'm Absolutely. starting to realize some shit, you know, just recently because both of the both of those are failed marriages, right? Of course, but I mean, so like, what you start a pen pal thing and then you just slide it through the bars, or like, what goes on? No, uh, my first marriage, I knew her from high school. Got it. And uh, we just kind of reconnected, and then. That lasted about 10 years. And, and wait, it, how do you get married in prison? Do they actually have a ceremony? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. Do they give you like a moment with the lady? Like, do you get a chance to do your thing or... Well, I mean, they used to have conjugal visits. They have them again. Right. But at the time that I got married, they didn't have them. So you got married, exchanged the vows and the rings, and that was that? Yeah, well, you know, you get to hang out and kind of, you know... It's kind of touchy-feely, you know? Right, I mean, it's right, not, right, It's nothing like you would think, but, <laughs> you know, people find a way to do things. Uh, right. I, I'm I'm kind of a, uh, I don't know how you'd say it, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to fucking... You're old-fashioned. Yeah, I'm not going to have my hand down my fucking right, girl's right, pants right, right, in front right, of yeah. God and everybody and kids and shit. Because, right. right. you know, I still had some morals, man. Right, was, yeah. some dignity, some class, yeah. some respect. 
and I, you know, if I'm saying I respect her, then then I wouldn't be doing that shit, you know, in front of God and everybody. Uh, so. Of course. Although, uh, can't you kind of? I mean, no matter when you do it, you're doing it in front of God. I mean, well, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> whether you're in the closet <laughs> or in the exactly. bedroom, right? <laughs> so then, all right. So then, um, so then you called your wife. This is your second wife at this time when you call her. Uh, yeah, this was my second wife, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, my second wife. Uh, so, you know, everybody was happy. It took about 152 days to get out, though. Did the governor fuck with you? No. Who was the governor at that time? Uh, Jerry Brown. All right, he didn't fuck with you. Right, he didn't oh. fuck with me. But he could have. Uh, but he could have. He easily could have. You know, you start fucking, you start getting into the kind of like family shit. And, yeah. And, you know, domestic violence stuff. All right. And, so that shit gets tricky, man. They don't, you know, the world is cracking down on that, man. That, yeah, I can. Right. So you were somebody that was like, it, it would be a, it could have been a real, real thing for you in your case to get denied. Yeah, but because think about, because yeah. think about it. You know, you're also talking about a politician who's got to get reelected. Yeah. No. No. So no, he's got to so look he, like he, he, he more he, than the average guy had had a lot to lose. No, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. So like he's got something on his jacket that just in bold point or whatever doesn't look right. And if Gary Brown's like, yeah, yeah. I, I was okay with that. That could like blow back. So, but right. that didn't happen. No, it didn't. And you know what? It's the body of work that you put into it. You know, a lot of people go to prison and take shit that they don't need. Right? They go in there and they try to fix shit that they don't need really fixed. They need to go in there and be very pinpointed as to what the fuck they're doing. Right. So they can address issues that created that issue to come up. Right. So I was very calculated like that when I was in there. I was thinking, you know, I don't need to go over here and do this shit. I need to be paying attention to this violent shit. Right. Right. Because my case was all about violence. It wasn't nothing less, nothing more. And the board is very serious about insight. Yeah. They know when you're bullshit. And you need. Yeah. Those guys are paid, bro. Those guys have been at it a long time. That's why I like when I was. You can't fool those guys. No, no you yeah. can't fool them. They that amazes me because they're serious. bureaucrats. Like, nah, what? How do you know? A lot of them are just retired judges, lawyers. Right. Uh, Almost all pe- of them are retired. Some kind of associated yeah. law enforcement. Um, somehow. Almost all of wardens. Them. So they're around the shit, right? If, I got you. I mean, so if you show up with a picture of you twenty years ago and you got braids and you got fucking shit going on in this picture and then you show up looking like me and then you're still talking like this dude in, you know with long hair or whatever the picture that they had of me yeah. they're gonna be like get the fuck out of here man what, what you think I'm stupid right and I've heard and I've read and heard them say that right because right? they're just they're just no matter how bureaucrat or how, no matter what you think not this group of people not this group that they have on the board right right they're pro- they just got it they've been around it enough and exposed to it they just read through your shit, you know? So one of the things that he told me in uh, 2014 was, when I got found suitable, he said, look, he goes, you ain't going to say anything to me that I haven't heard. Mm. I haven't sat in on any case in the world that something bad hasn't happened. Mm. I've heard some of the worst shit. Right. He goes, so. Hey, Brian, can you let him in? I don't think he's working anymore. So now's the time. Thank you, brother. Right. right? They've so, heard everything. They've heard Every good thing they've heard. Every, every which way. Every which way. So let me ask you a different question. When you're walking out that final walk, what the fuck? How does that feel? It doesn't feel real, man. Right? So when I walked out and rode out through the gates for the, for, in 2015, the first time I was released, I couldn't fucking believe it. I just could not believe it. And you're like walking that. Do you... 
Do you feel the, the building, thing. the institution getting smaller behind you? I do. And you know, I didn't look back. You didn't look back. I did. And out. what did you? Yo, what, the door open, please. <laughs> and then what did you do? What did? You, and then who picked you up? Uh, my wife picked me up at the time. Okay. And then my parents were waiting out on the street, so I got to see my parents. Uh, my mom and my stepdad. My dad had passed away in 2012. My biological father. Um, and then uh, my sister was out there, and my niece and. So it was just it was a cool little thing, and then my sis, my older sister, actually travels. So she, they do interstate compact produce from the Salinas Valley out to Minnesota. Okay, because they own a, their own trucking company and stuff like that, and or they work for a trucking company that they're owning or some shit like that. But uh, it just so happened that she was fucking like thirty miles away, so I got to see my oldest sister who I hadn't seen in probably fifteen years. Wow. Now, yeah. do you guys like caravan over to a restaurant and have a big ass fucking meal? Well, there's we do the first meal we had. We had some golden corral shit, right? Oh. So, <laughs> How just, much did you blow? Look, imagine. Listen, imagine you're the owner of Go- Golden Corral, and like you look and you see a six four dude who did a bunch of time who now has free reign to eat whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants. Did you put them out of business? No, man. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I didn't really eat that much, man. I think I was yeah. just, I yeah. just wanted to fucking get away. Yeah. Right. So I, my, my plan was that, you know, you're in, you're in Salinas or Soledad and the fucking ocean's like 30 miles away. Mm-hmm. I'm flying, dude. I'm gone. Let's get the fuck out of here. And not only that, uh, when I got out, my girl, uh, me and my girl had a BMW. So we were, we were rolling, dude. We were rolling down the street, man. How good just, did that feel? I can't even tell you because I don't even know. I don't know how to describe it to you. I love yeah. that. Right? I love that. Because it's just, it's just liberation, right? You just know that you're not going to be fucking counted. You know that you're not going to be told that you can't fucking do this or you can't do that. Mm, stand and... up. Count time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, what do you always ask? What do you always ask? What do you always ask these guys? Oh, yeah. I always ask. Uh, I go, when you took a shower. <laughs> Did you take a shower with your? Did you, take your time, did you hang your boxers up? No, fuck no. I got butt naked, man. <laughs> fuck the boxers. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what was funny, man? Is when I left prison. Did after you have shower shoes on? No. Okay. All I right. said fuck that. I wasn't right. doing it ever again. If did I was you wash at home. your boxers right, in right. the shower, that's what I wanted. You I know, did. you did the first couple times. No, I didn't. No, really? he's saying he went no, in butt naked. Oh, no, nothing. Nah, dude, he fucking let the jet stream hit everything. Well, I thought maybe he. Everybody washes their boxers in the shower. Everybody. That makes sense. So I did that for years and years and right. years, and I always told myself that I'm not leaving this motherfucker with all kinds of weird ass shit, right? <laughs> right, 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 right? So I didn't right. carry toilet paper in my back pocket. I didn't have a spoon. Hey, if there wasn't no fucking utensils, I was eating that shit with my hands. All right, so I didn't carry my own fork and shit. But um, no, I didn't leave with a bunch of weird shit, man. Like I got out and I just functioned normally and. And uh, did my, you try like try new beverages? Like, were you like rolling around like, dude, what's kombucha? What's fucking yeah, ginger I, I beer? Try, I, but you know what? Ginger I'm a beer. creature of habit, right? So I don't like buying. Uh, I'm kind of one of those guys that don't like to waste money because I don't have a lot of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So if I buy something I don't like, I get mad. I'm like, fuck, man, why the fuck did I buy that? Why didn't I just buy Dr. Pepper or something? I know right, what that right. tastes like. <laughs> right, you would stay safe and sorry. So, that's like when you guys came when I came in today. Hey, do you want? <clears throat> 
bubbly water or water? I hey, said, listen. I don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me tell you something, man. I buy bulk because I, I, I do my test and then I buy bulk because I don't like spending extra money either. Yeah. I hate retail. Fuck, man. I hate that shit. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the great, one of the greatest things about going to prison is people can't bullshit you too much after that. Right. What right? do you mean? Like, when you're in prison, man, you, you have seen every game of bullshit there is in life. That's why Steve. That's why Steve does so. That's why Steve does so well in business. I agree. You can no longer put uh, hide behind a bunch of shit. You can tell. All you, you got can in prison. Tell motherfuckers talk is bullshit. Hey, you know what though, so Brian? It's like check it out, bro. In on the streets out here, you can hide behind a car. You can hide behind a job. You can hide behind your jewelry. You can hide behind money. You can hide behind a girl. You can buy. But in the joint. All you got is your word. That's all you got. And, and you can only keep up. It's you, man. I'm you listening. can only keep up an act for so long. Like a dude can come and say he's that guy. If you watch him, eventually the real dude's going to come out. Right. That real guy, you can only keep up an act for so long. That's why all you got is your word in there. That's who it. you say you are. You're going to, everybody's going to find out who you are because you're going to show everybody who you are. Right. Eventually. That's right. That was when, one because of the when guys think that you think this guy's a tough guy, he puts on this persona for so right. long, eventually he's going to get tested. You can't do it for, your, for a life sentence. That's for sure. You can't even out. do it for you can't even do it for a few years. No, you're going to get found out. You're going to get found gonna, out. Your whole, pro, your whole program's going to change. Right. All right, so you're in a Beamer drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Actually, I was drinking a Monster, man. Nice. <laughs> and so. uh, you're rolling, and you you wanted to go to the coast. I did. The fucking I, uh, ocean. Yeah, I actually got pictures of that shit on my phone still. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right, so you're living La Vida Loca and everything. And then, so how do you go back? So... <laughs> Okay, Crazy. so my wife at the time, she was a parolee too, and okay. uh, she went to prison, and I don't want to expose her, so sure. she just went to prison for some similar shit, but she was driving uh, back from a party, crashed, killed somebody, right? and uh, you know, she did three and a half years on a, on a seven-year manslaughter, and okay. um, which... You know, I'm not. I'm not saying not here nor there, man. Do I think she should have done more? Fuck, that's not for me to say. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. But uh, you know, she had a similar past that I had. Got and, it. Uh, I got out, man. The first six, eight months was great. Um, and then you know, here comes that fucking. Here comes that candy again. Here comes that fucking crystal meth. Oh. Really? And. How did it she, arrive? How did she, it arrive? Well, not for me. She told me. She goes, uh, one day she, I come and got her, or she come and got me from work, and I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. So, you know, come to find out, she started using again a little bit here and there. And, um, Damn. And I told her, I said, look, man, I said, that shit, we, you know, I can't do that. Right. And I told you that when we got married. I told you that before we got married. I told you that when I met you that I can't do that shit. That shit will, because I don't have no regulator. Right. Right. There's right. no, there's no right. full, there's no empty. Yeah, right. Of course. Yep. I don't, Once I just, too many. Thousand is never enough. Right. right. I yeah. got it. So, um, 
I mean, I've always been of the mind, if I'm going to get high, I'm going to get high. Fuck of it. Of course. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, why are we playing games? Ain't no half yeah. a glass of wine for you. Right. Like, why no. are we playing games? No. Half right. a glass of wine don't do nothing but give me a bad taste in my mouth. Right. right. Exactly. Right. It just right. makes right. me right. mad. Right. I would just make me mad. <laughs> like, right. So anyway, uh, that shit started happening more frequently. Then my mom got sick. <sighs> my mom got uh, We found out, uh, I think it was right around February... Towards the end of February of 2016, my mom found out she had stage four liver cancer, and uh, my mom was my mom's my last parent. I don't have any grandparents, nothing like that. And um, shit just got weird, right? Uh, she, my wife or my ex-wife now got mad at me because I told her son not to smoke weed in our house, and it was just a weird ass thing that happened. A bunch of stuff happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like all these fucking curveballs that I didn't prepare for. Right. You know, who prepares for their mom getting sick with cancer? Who prepares for right. getting in a fucking three month argument with your wife because her son's smoking weed in the house and she knows and he knows that he can't do that and he does it anyway. Right. You know, I could have easily walked over there and slapped his fucking face. Right. And told him to get out of my apartment, but that's not who I want to be. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to try, try to be as understanding as I could. And that nice guy shit got me in a position, or I put myself in a position with that nice guy shit where me and my wife started arguing again. Right. And, and then I was arguing with my boss at work about uh, how to deal with my mom's being sick. And, and then she ends up, you know, my mom passes away after, after diagnose six weeks after diagnosis, when they told us that she had six months or to a year, right? She dies in six weeks. Um, so I'm fucked up, right? This is the only parent that I got. I got my sister and my mother, and a few nieces and nephews here left in California. Other than that, it's just me now, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, we're going back and forth for a few months, and my mom loved her dealer dearly, right? She was like. My mom thought this was the girl for me. and uh, But what my mom didn't know was all the shit that was going on. Right. And I wasn't going to tell my mom while she was sick because my mom was to a point where she was so sick that any more stress would have just ended her life. Yeah, like what's quicker. the point of bringing out all that? Right. So uh, my mom kept asking for her and asking for her and asking for her. When's she going to come? When's she going to come? When's she going to come? And uh, so I started lying to my mom about it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I just managed to start creating resentments and fucking all kinds of just anger. And I was pissed. And then my mom passed away on the 18th of, uh, April mm. and we had her f and I lived in San Jose at this time. So, uh, I was traveling from San Jose to Stockton, San Jose to Stockton, back and forth, back and forth each week, every week. And, uh, so my mom's funeral's on the 21st. I'm down there. I'm, you know, I'm getting fucking grave sites and i mean i shouldn't be doing this shit right i'm right. not mentally prepared for it i'm freshly out a little over a year and i'm actually doing good though i worked for amazon at the time and i had a couple of cars and i had my own place and then shit just went downhill man uh, my mom died and then i tried to go back to my house in san jose and when i put the key in my front door she fucking changed the locks the day after my mom's funeral. Wow. Yeah. And, like, no fucking disregard for anything. Right. Right? So she had never seen me depressed and upset like this. And 
um, it just started eating at me and eating at me. And then she let me in the house and then she let me out and I had a piss test and I had to fucking have an address and all this shit for parole. And it just got too much. And I got to the point where I was living in my truck for a while. And then, uh, one day I, uh, the day before I got arrested, somebody had texted my phone. Hey, don't fucking go to your house. You go to your house. I'm going to beat your ass. All this weird shit, right? Mm-hmm. These fucking phones, man. I'm telling you, they're, they're, they can be the death of people easily. And uh, it was July 7th. We had this big-ass argument. I split. Next day, I go back over there. After the text? After the text. After fucking she tells me, oh, it's your friends playing games, all this other shit. And most of my friends knew, or most of the friends that I had out there at that time were people that were ex-parolees, that were people that had done life sentences. Right. So they, I know... Well, at least I think I know that they wouldn't do some shit like that to me. Right. Plus, you're mourning the loss of your mom Plus during I'm, this. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, so that was April. It gets to June, July, or May, June, July. Um, going through this shit. It's just too much for me, and I fucking find myself in the parking lot with her. And our fucking BMW springs a water leak. It's fucking shit everywhere. She's mad. We've been arguing for two days. And uh, she gets out of the car. I push the car out of this fucking drive through into this other parking lot. And um, she gets out of the car, and she's like 125 pounds. She's 5'5", blonde hair, beautiful girl, right? Kind of overachieved with that one. But I think I married the devil in high heels, (laughs) with all due respect. (laughs) Um, And fucking here she comes walking straight towards me and she and she was a fucking little fireball it's like i told you she you know she had the same kind of past that i had so she was real short fused and she walks up to me and she's just fucking ripping me a good one calling me all kinds of names and i was fine and i was fine and this is trippy because this goes back to my first board hearing they called me a piece of shit in my board hearing right Mm -hmm. and she said that to me. And when she said that to me, it was like fucking rubber bands in my whole body, just like when you take rubber bands and you break Snap. them. Snap. And I didn't hit I didn't I didn't do anything but look at her. And she swung at me and when she swung at me, I stepped around the side of the car and she come again and I thought she was going to do it again and I grabbed her. And when I grabbed her, I I grabbed her kind of in a bear hug and I told her to knock her shit off. I said, "Why don't you fucking knock it off, man? We're better than this shit." Mhm fuck you. I mean, just all kinds of shit coming out of her mouth. And when I finally let her go, some uh, guy that was pulling out of a parking lot called the cops and <sighs> I followed her out into the street because she just started walking blindly into the street. And I was trying to get her out of the street. And when I was trying to grab her by her arm and pull her out of the street, he fucking called the cops. And, uh, Man, I was fucking arrested uh, at that point. I was in the parking lot with her for 55 minutes, right? Yeah. From start to finish. Cops come up, fucking arrest me, tell me I'm being arrested for fucking domestic violence, all this other shit. And uh, so I get arrested. And What are you thinking at this point? I'm thinking, man, I'm fucked. Right. Right? I'm fucked. Uh, you know... Unless she comes in there and tells them exactly what she, you know, that she fucking started this. Right. By swinging at me and all this shit. This is what I'm going through my mind. I'm just like, man, I'm fucked. Right. Because the first thing that they did to me was they, three of them walked around the corner of this restaurant, 
looked at me and I was standing by my truck and our car was parked here and my truck was parked here. And I'm standing by my truck and she, uh, the cop comes up, put your hands on the hood. You know, they go through the whole spiel. And so they handcuffed me and they put me in the back of the car and I fucking on, off to jail. I went parole like hold, that. all kinds of shit, right? Because I got life parole. And uh, I get there. My first court date, they, you know, they, when they charge you on the street, they charge you with a felony, like a spousal or some shit, right? Right. But she, I, I'm telling you, all I did was grab her from hitting me, like to stop her from hitting me. And uh, I get to court, and they charge me with a fucking misdemeanor, dude. Oh, man. So here's, this is the great part, right? Wait, 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 but, but wait, we back up a second. My question is this, is how, when, they, when that happened, were you under the influence? No. You hadn't used. I haven't used in almost 24 years. So even though she had picked up and started and all this shit was going on, you still didn't relapse on actual drugs. No, I didn't. Wow, okay. Okay, all right. I wanted to make sure we got that clear. All right, okay, okay. No, um, I'm literally done with that shit. Like, I'm no exception as as far as addicts go about, you know, because, you know, I think about the shit. I think about it. But I just know exactly what it took from me do and you still participate in meetings do you ever go to meetings yeah, are you yeah, yeah and was that going on after you got out of prison the it first was, time as well it was actually uh, that's a funny story you asked that because about 60 days after i was out i found myself sitting in my front room in tears because i didn't have no fucking friends out there mm-hmm. and the very next thing I, I tried to do was go to a meeting and when i went to the meeting man i left and i felt i felt like i had friends again it was a crazy gotcha, thing gotcha, man gotcha Okay, good, man. Yeah, That's what I wanted, awesome. to hear. I wanted to know. So, all right, you're in the holding. So you, they, they arrest you. They arrest me. I get convicted of a 60-day f- misdemeanor. Fuck. Uh, you went back to prison bro. for a misdemeanor? I went back to prison for three years for That's, a 60-day misdemeanor. That's so sick. And I mean, wow. went and like, yeah, like. <laughs> because of my parole. So did you have to like go through the whole fucking thing again of like, you know Three what? Times. I put myself, I mean, technically the way it all laid out was fucked up. But once again, had I, did you have to go through the conversation and take an ownership for how well, you got back there? Not only did I had to have to go through the conversation again, but I had to go through the conversation in the last two years with the same commissioner that found me suitable in 2014. That guy that said he believed you. Oh, you. man. Was Arthur Anderson there? Yes, twice. So How in many times did he call you son after that? The, well, the oh, first year. after that. <laughs> the first, so here's the kicker. This is kind of cool how this all went down. First year, was there was five women in the room. Right. On a domestic case. Right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Shitty experience. Second year. I walk in there and here sits this motherfucker. And he's just laid back about like I am right now, hiding behind his computer. And he doesn't look at me for about 45 minutes of a hearing. Right. And wow. and he reads my suitability four times from 2014. Mm. And his name is signed. Oh, you made him look like an idiot. So oh, yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, he's oh, pissed. he was not happy. So 
Yeah, he pulled the fucking computer aside and was like, son, I believe in you. Right. And here he is. So uh, at the end of that hearing, I just foregone my closing statement and and I did an apology, right? So I told him, I said, you know, uh, you said something to me in 2014 and I would go through this big old spiel and I said, you know, I just want to say, man, that I apologize and I didn't try to make you look like a fool Mm -hmm. because I didn't. Of course, right. It wasn't, you know, I was... Man, right. I was doing my thing out there. You know, I I was in line to run a million dollar company out there after nine months. Right, right. And so I was, you know, I hit the ground running. So I wasn't out there just fucking up. And just mm-hmm. shit happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he denies me. So that's year two. So year three, I go in there. Here sits this motherfucker again. <laughs> uh, that was intentional, straight there. So he postpones it. I was supposed to go June seventh. Yeah. He postpones it to July twenty fifth. I walk in there. I think, okay, he's not going to be here. Maybe I got a shot. Mm-hmm. No. There he, he sits. <laughs> so, God, he's damn. got a personal thing for you at this point. So I get in there. I start talking. Yeah. This motherfucker finds me suitable. Wow. What did he say this time? He looked up at me and he told me, and he slid the computer to the side and he goes, you know, this is not easy for me. He goes, but you've done the work. And he goes, you're going to do good. He goes, let me tell you this. You come back a third time, you ain't getting out. So here I sit by the grace of this, what most people would see as a cocksucker right. of a man. Right. Uh through his grace and, you know, the governor's grace, I guess, as well, mm-hmm. here I sit, uh, a free man, doing the right thing. Wow. Wow. Or at least giving a shot at it, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Doing no, the, right the right thing. thing. Don't put a maybe on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put a fucking maybe on that shit. You got yeah. no choice, man. There's no choice now. I don't have, there's no room for error. There was no room for error the first time. There's no room for error this time. Yeah. And... You know, that's just that's just my life. That's what I've done to my life. Right. Nobody's done it. I did this. You, you know what? What uh, you didn't ask for advice, but I'm gonna give some anyway. You need to find a boring chick. <laughs> I did. You, you gotta find I a did, boring dude. chick. Well, all right. That's what you need. You need I a did. boring chick that's gonna agree with whatever you say. Actually, and like Brian knows her. <laughs> well, I do know her. Do you know her? I do. Is she boring? She, boring as hell. She makes me. Makes me well, I fall asleep when I get around her. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <You're> not saying <laughs> much. I'm not saying much. No, she, hey, well, she's a great see, girl. Truly, he told him he needs a boring chick who does whatever he says. Listen, now, when say, I tell that, because you ain't that. Same thing? No, man. Listen, no, man. Listen, she's a preschool teacher. Can I say that? Yeah, you I already did. That. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. That you? Yeah, that, you know what that tells uh, me? She knows how to handle little kids. Yeah, she does. Right? Am I right? That's right. Robert? You're right. right? And I, I tell her that all you the time. You need a nap. You need a fucking snack. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, Robert, you want to know something? We hear this before. I mean, and, and I've heard this numerous times, okay? I've heard it in the rooms of the anonymous rooms, and I've heard it by talking to men in prison, okay? And going to prison. Listen, whatever relationships that you were having, you went in at what age? 18. At 18. So wherever you left off with your experience with relationships is where you come back to. So when you get out at 2016, or is it 2014? or It was 2015, the 2015. first time. 2015. 
you left off at 18 years old with the relationship. And I'm talking about with the relationship, a dynamic with a woman. You know, really, really yeah. out on the streets, not inside prison. And that's kind of where we're left off. It's kind of where we stop advancing emotionally in a lot of ways. I believe that. And I believe it when it comes to drugs, too. You know, kind of Absolutely. where I picked up and started using was where I stopped engaging in growing, you know? Right. And when I put down the drugs, I go back to where I was when I started them. You, you, you know what, though, man? This is what I'm going to say. Because you asked me. He's like, why did I say he needs a boring chick? And I'm telling you, you need a fucking fireball. That's gonna... right. Because your things weren't, you know, both of Brian's, or I mean, uh, both of uh, Robert's stories, they centered around a woman. Right, and it was a woman who was also engaged in similar activities or there or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? And and th- that's not that that's that's not what he needs. <laughs> you, on the other hand, you don't have a woman thing that's going on that's causing you to go back or causing you to go up. You're on your own, running your own wild path with your own wild plans. Which, in my mind, I think like a woman that could actually tame you a little bit and be like, "Yo, bro, you need to calm the fuck down just a little bit." Might be good for you, Brian. He doesn't need a shit stir. You need a shit stir. That's what I'm saying, Robert. I don't know what I need. I mean, Robert. <laughs> what you need is you need to just start dating guys, bro. <laughs> no, Brian needs. You in the right place, bro. You almost fell asleep on me right there. Brian needs to. Brian, Brian needs a woman, right? This is what Brian needs. Brian, Please tell me because the ones I'm picking are fucked up. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Brian needs Adderall. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Brian needs a woman. Brian needs a woman who knows how to use the front door and carries around some fucking no dos. Right, That's yeah, what yeah, you yeah. need, bro. Right. Hey, you know what's funny you say about this boring woman shit, right? Yeah. Is that I was just telling Brian the other day and some other people, some other friends of mine, man, I said, you know what? This is the most responsible chick I've ever been around. And it's fucking weird to me, right? Right. Because she's had a career for 18 years. Right. She fucking owns her own home. She's got all this shit going on. But I know it's what I need around me. Right. right? Somebody that's going to kick my big ass in my ass when it needs it. <laughs> right. You know? And somebody that's not afraid to tell me, fuck, you beat it. I don't need you. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a pretty dynamic situation how that all played out and, and you know what robert looks like robert looks like a cross between oh fuck here it goes <laughs> no, look, robert looks like a cross between billy corgan and huey uh huey long is that huey long who's the guy who played for the that was the linebacker huey um brian urlacher no 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 no, no. Uh, for huey the long no howie long howie long you look like a cross between if billy corgan from the smashing pumpkins the lead singer from the smashing pumpkins <laughs> and howie long had a baby it will look just like robert <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad it's not I bad you, i think he looks think like anytime uh, you can be put in howie long's uh whole thing yeah just look, at, look at that fucking no. frame here have you did you finally find parking sean sean's down there warning uh, long, kobe huh? bryant huh did you hear about Kobe Bryant? Yeah, man. Isn't that crazy? crazy Helicopter man. crash? Yeah. It's 10 o'clock this hey, morning. Hey, Sean, you ever seen Billy Corgan? Yeah. From the Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah. Howie Long. <laughs> Howie- yeah. <laughs> he looked over at him. Yeah. Howie-, Howie Long and Billy Corgan have a baby. It looks like Robert. <laughs> from Stockton. <laughs> well, at least from they're good looking motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you're good. No, you're good, <laughs> no, bro. No, you're it's good. It's good. It's not Fucking even good- Howie Long, bro. Yeah. I'm a Howie Long idol. I mean, right. I, I, I think yeah, the guy's fucking a badass, yeah. bro. Are you kidding me? Howie Long. You got a little schmutz on your, on your I thought you looked like Steve Austin. 
Steve Austin. He does, doesn't he? I mean, look, I'm a wrestler. Pull, pull him up. I know who the fuck Steve you know he is. Pull him I up. I know who he is. Pull up Brian Urlacher. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he does look like Brian Urlacher. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he does not look like he you don't think so. No, he's bald and white. That's the closest oh, he gets to close. Steve Austin. <laughs> I was close. All right, what's the other one? Brian Erlacher. Brian. Was it E U R U R L A? Okay, I got, I got, I got. Let's see. Brian Erlacher coming up, and yeah, you know Brian Erlacher. Brian Erlacher, you know, maybe drink a little too much Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was a fuck, man. That was a tour de force right there. What are you doing today? Give us the the, uh, one minute rundown. Uh, Just staying focused, man. Staying mindful. Uh, Just trying to feel everything that comes and goes. How long uh, you been out now? Well, it's I've been out October 31st. Funny enough, I got found out suitable on October 31st, 2014. Smashing pumpkins, Halloween. Yeah. Got out on October 31st of 2019, so. Okay. All uh, right. Just staying focused, trying to get back on track, trying to get back in the groove, just taking it slow. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Um, Take it real back. slow, yeah. dude. And, um, you know, I, I have a better idea of what I want this time, so. You out on the island? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Wait, what do you want? Right. What do you want? Uh, success, dude. I just want to be successful, and I want to stay out of jail. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking, will you ever, do you do you have other children? No. Are you thinking of ever having a family? Not at this point. Uh, be, only because financially, it's just not, it's just not something I want to invest in until I'm able to financially support in a better in a much better way than I did before. Right. Because I don't think that I would ever turn to what I did before, but um I just want to be financially stable before anything like that's even thought of or brought along. Right. Right. Because uh, But seemed, so that means it is possible. It's possible. I Do mean, you think that that would be a healing thing for you? Like if you got stable and you did it slow and you didn't rush and put a bunch of pressure on your plate, but then you were able to have children and be that father um, that you really that's in you like do you think that that would be a healing thing in, in the situation in which you found yourself I don't know I know somebody else just recently said that to me though really yes yeah it's funny you say that because that, that is a, that is almost the identical conversation I just had with somebody a couple of days ago you know, uh, my, like, yeah, that's what I said too. <laughs> well, because, well, the reason why I'm talking, the reason, the reason why I'm talking like that yeah, is because my mom abandoned me, like, like at one, like one year old, and I didn't have any contact with my mother, so I had a lot of anger towards women. Probably still do, really, if you really be serious. And I, I just had the, my daughter, and there was a whole new place in my heart that opened up. Be, for women and and understanding womankind and like all that stuff that happened when she was born and that intellectually somebody could tell me about and I could agree with but there's no way that I could ever have that experience and it did seem to do some healing for me that to go through this process and yeah I think that's very possible man I also feel like there's a part of me that you know like you know my mom loved her grandchildren and I was yeah. the one I was the one that didn't um, stay responsible enough for her to help raise one, and uh, yeah. So I think there would be healing not only from 
the loss of my mother, but so much more, you know, I've never really even, I guess I've never really thought about it in that context. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, fuck, that's probably highly possible. I love that, man. I love stories of like a healing and redemption. Man, Robert, I got to tell you, bro, that, that, you know, the only time I broke when I was texting was because at one point in time, you were telling us just towards the end of the second story when you went back again, I was texting for a minute because you had got me thinking about my daughter. Both of you guys had got me thinking about my daughter. And I had sent her a text right as we had started. And she had just texted me back telling me that she loved me. So I wanted to respond. I didn't mean to not That's be right, engaged. Though, I needed to send that text. No, I, hey, I feel that, man. And, and I, I felt that. like the Kobe thing. It's like, we're just not promised anything, bro. Right. I wanted to get that text off. Dude, oh, that, I loved her. that Kobe but, thing is crazy. Yeah, it is. But listen, this 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 was quite, dude, I, I've never I've never quite heard a story like this. Uh, you definitely have had a journey that most haven't and will never have. Um, and then going back for three years, you hear a lot about guys maybe going back. Like for right? six days for falling out, right, of right, window. right, or different shit, but but really going back, bro, and having to that finish was up another second one, yeah, and uh, dude, I cannot. I mean, obviously, these guys can make some type of sense of it, but and even me, I didn't do life, but going when you have to go back again, you know, it, it's that, gnarly, dude. I'm gonna tell you, man, that three it, years it, was harder than that. Yes, it was. And it was harder because it, it fucked with me mentally. Like, I didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to make it, dude. Because, right. it, it like, just you start takes thinking, you down. right. Like, you're like, man, I fucking tried so hard to get mm-hmm. out of here and I got out of here. And you don't realize how callous you become to the environment of prison. I went back and I was, and I ended up in a fucked up place. I ended up in San Quentin. And San Quentin right now is fucked up. Wow. The population's fucked up. And I probably shouldn't judge it, but now they're taking... It's not mainline. It's everybody. Everybody that's fucked up and did weird shit and all kinds of other stuff. And Mm. they're just piling them all in. And so, you know, for 20-something years, I had this, you know, hoorah fist in the air. Like, I did a mainline, goddammit, and fucking... (laughs) And then I get put in with all that. And then it was another reality check, like... Now I'm look, um, now I'm being looked at as a piece of shit, or I'm look I'm being looked at as this mm-hmm. and that, and it started you know just going back initially being in a reception, just seeing how fucked up it was and how I got used to it. Wow! And that shit was heartbreaking, man. I can't tell you how many days I sat there and thought, you know what, I can't do this. Right, man. It takes I can't, everything I can't, out of you. I can't do this shit. God damn, dude. So. so I just commend you, man, for keeping your head on, bro, and yeah. pushing through that. You know, you made it all the ways out. You had to go get another taste, yeah. but here you are today, man. And that's, you know, and that's kind of how I see it. It was that was a maintenance call, man. I needed a maintenance call, and it's fucking unfortunate. It took so long. You know, I wish I could have done it on the street, but uh, I'm thankful for my experiences. It's changed me as a person. It's made me a better man, I believe, and uh, it's made me better for the people around me. Most importantly, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it, that's a good attitude to have. And Brian, you know, Brian, you talk about it too, and I talk about it too. About sometimes we just need to get checked. 
Yeah, you just need a wake up call sometimes. You get a little. You, get a little you definitely call. need a wake up call. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm never uh, gonna hear the end of this. Game. <laughs> <laughs> but right, and the, because because me and you were talking, and like we we've had some certain different things happen, and we're yeah. like, you know what? That was yeah. the best thing. At the time, it doesn't seem like the no. best thing. No. But when you look back on it, was like, man, that needed to happen it's, in order to get it's me when here. you come out the other end is when you realize it that is. really you know, needed to happen. One of the biggest things I learned about going back this time was that there was a lot of things that I used to look for, you know, in women and cars and material shit in life. But now going back and doing the work that I did this time, now, now there's shit I got to look out for. And that comes first. So if there's shit that's happening in front of me, I have to look out for that. If it's there, it can't be there. And I know it because... Mm-hmm. My my, I don't have any error of margin. You know, margin. Nah, your margin is off, yeah. gone, it's dude. Fucking, your margin yeah. is negative thirteen thousand, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So you know, that, that. that's that's the one thing that I realize is that you know I can't look for things no more. I have to look out for things. Right. And you know, right. if there's anything that any, if anybody ever hears, you know, what's being said today is that. Man, just look out for it. If things, if you know there's things that are there that you ain't supposed to be around or you ain't supposed to fuck with. Get the hell out of there, man. Get the fuck out. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, there's people that are doing violations right now on life terms that are doing a long time. I know a guy that's done seven, Mm. and they're not wanting to let him out. So Mm. don't go, don't, don't go back. Don't step backwards, man. Just keep stepping forward no matter what. And then Um, you have to worry about this. We were were lucky to get Gavin Newsom to follow and. Jerry Brown's footsteps. Right. Have we not gotten him? Right. That window can close. Yeah, but even he has his pet peeves. He now. does. He does. But you know, he was starting to take. He was starting to take people's dates. That you know, when he first came into office. Yeah. And right. But it could have been a lot worse. It could have had a real right wing uh, Trump. Oh, absolutely. Some kind like of Trump. Trump fucker. Unless absolutely. you're fucking, you know, stealing money at the corporate level, he ain't gonna pardon no. you. Right. Fucking. Shit. Yeah, you got shit coming. Right. Well, brother, let's. I want to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Robert, for coming down today, bro, man. Thank you for sharing this story with we, us, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. It's been a pleasure. We don't normally play time. this kind of music on the show, but Stockton, man. We yeah. got Stockton, Dwight Yoakum. Yeah. Dwight. <laughs> man, Brian, thank you for introducing and bringing well, Robert you, down. Brian. Robert, thank you for coming yeah, and sharing with you, us, man. brother. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you for sharing that story, guys. We're going to say adios, amigos, from San Francisco, the Hard Luck Show. And thank you for joining us. Right on. Adios. Bye-bye.